The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rand Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Haley, and I'm thrilled to be here with you, Barflies. Man, I got to be honest with you, coming into this episode, it's been a really weird hour of my life. Um, I had a, actually a great day of work, grinding, hustling, making that paper, on the phone lines, just being a fucking uh, pirate out here. Hunt people down. I want, as as uh, as Leo says in Wolf of Wall Street, a fucking telephone terrorist. But then, <laughs> as my workday ends and I walk outside, there's goddamn five alarm fire across the street from me. An entire block of Baltimore City engulfed in flames. Seven different fire trucks, ladders shooting every direction. People standing in the park viewing this. So I'm a little bit. I'm feeling zany right now, but I have my beautiful co-host across from me. We're going to get into another great installment of the Bartender Rant podcast. If you can hear the lady cooking pasta in the background, please ignore and say hello to my feather-haired friend, the man that I hate but I truly love, the one that drives me nuts and it almost seems like he's doing it on purpose, Michael motherfucking Windsor. How are you today, my friend? Steve, you look so smart and handsome. How are you? Thank you. I am smart and I am handsome. How are you today? (laughs) I'm good. I'm doing just fine. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you're doing well. And, you know, usually I hop right into what's new with you. Obviously, I'm still feeling a little weird with the whole, the block, like I walk out, I'm talking about plumes and flumes of smoke. Uh, uh, a f- black fire cloud a mile high. It was pretty intense. It was three hmm. or four row homes engulfed in flames. That's and I have to, terrible. I have to imagine um, that you've been involved in some arson at some point or another. No. So, at, you know, any stories you want to share on that front? On arson? No. If I did do that, I wouldn't share the stories. Obviously. So. Uh, uh... It seems somewhat incriminating there. Right? Why don't you got away with it too? It? If it weren't for this meddling podcast, uh, well, <laughs> no okay. Doubt. So nothing's going what on. What is do new you, with you? Do you want to do? Do you want to do, uh, do, do a corporate inbox segment? Because we never got to release that. A corporate inbox segment. Tell me all about that. Well, we did it for. We tried to do it for Joel's first episode, but he got too drunk, so we had to release it on the Patreon. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So, okay. so I don't work in bartending anymore, and my job, you know, is relatively boring. Um, but every now and then I answer a lot of emails and we get these really crazy phishing emails from right. you know, scam right, sites. Right. Most of them you just delete. Some of them are fucking gold though. And I've got one here that I, I kind of wanted to share with the people if you'll allow fire it. away, my dude. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, the subject is, uh, oh, it's from Julian Deshar and the subject, uh, is high CIC power box admin message. Fuck you from Tosin pharmacy. Fuck you, idiot. Our pharmacy product's cheap and you don't buy? Are you fucking stupid? Fuck your whore mom. Fuck your whole prostitute family. If you don't buy from Tosin Pharmacy, never do business with you stupid fucking guys. Cocksucker. What a stupid idiot. You're a fucking piece of shit, you stupid jerk. Weird trader. Then what? Fuck you. We sell and make you fucking stupid guys money. Ha ha ha. Get out of the pharmacy industry, idiot. 
We're not so in I'm, the we're not in the pharmacy industry. Uh, this no, is it's pretty clear. Look, CIC Powerbox gives you the power that you need. Um, they are not giving you the oxycotton that you need. Um, it, so let me get this straight. Is this like one of those like automatic sales phishing emails that they just like send you? And this person said, you know what? I'm going to stand out from the crowd. I'm going to dare to be different. I'm going to catch people's attention by talking shit about their mom. Is that essentially and, what this is? And their whole and their whole prostitute family. Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, if I met an entire family of prostitutes, mm-hmm. I I'd be impressed. Yeah. I would. Okay. That's something to that's something to write home about. Hey mom, I'm out here in Iowa. I met an entire family of prostitutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tell Pop when he gets back from the fields. You know, like that that is something just in that's an insane concept in and of itself. So you're telling me this ended up in the CIC power box, like email inbox. Yeah. Like our main company email. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I wonder how many flies they're attracting with that particular batch of honey. I love you it. Know? I kind of want to work with them. Honestly, you know, it's funny. I know you and I know that you as a masochist definitely responded to that you were like, this is the type of brand <laughs> I can get behind. This is where I want to buy my depression medication. Right? Like, you know, <laughs> So that's like I said, nothing new, but I just I really wanted to share that with people because it really brightened up yeah. my day. I you know, and I remember you reading that the first time. You're telling me that was on Joel's episode because I mm. thought we that actually did go to air. That was in the lost tapes. Yeah, it's on the Patreon. Ah, okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you shared it with the regular feed people. That's I've got, I've got more. So every now and then when I don't have anything new going on, I've got some more good ones I can share. Fr- frankly, if anybody out there is offended by, by me calling you the regular feed people, be offended. Take it offensively. Because if you're not on Patreon, you goddamn should be. All right? And and I'm not going to apologize for your you being cheap. And you not wanting more content. I'm not going to apologize. Yeah, yeah, fuck you, idiot. If you don't do business with us, <laughs> yeah. we never do business with you, stupid fuck guys. Damn straight. You fuck and your, your whole, whore mom. Fuck your whole prostitute yeah. family. You think that you, you'd think that you and your whole prostitute family would have enough dollar bills to pay for our really cheap Patreon, you son of a bitch. All right. All right. And now this is the perfect time to thank you. Thank you, Barflies, for supporting us, for listening to the show. For generally putting up with the abuse that we put you through. Um, it has been so much fun doing this show and doing this podcast and traveling America, meeting amazing bartenders. And uh, we could not do this show without you. So thank you for supporting us, for motivating us, for encouraging us and helping us keep this thing going. We've been building a beautiful community and I am more, uh, more encouraged by the day that that's going to continue to blossom. So thank you for all your support. Um, if you do want to get involved or more involved than you already are, please listen to the outro. We put so many cool things in there. Mike and I are doing a lot on the Patreon. We're doing a lot as far as travel coming up. We're doing a lot on the swag front, on the playlist front. Please, if you want to get more involved, I mean, if you're artistic, we need more collaboration on that front too. It's so cool, all the different avenues that you can get involved with this community. So please listen to that outro. And, uh, and you know, don't just be a listener, you know, be an executive producer so or something else. Um, the last disclaimer before we get into an, another amazing episode of this show, um, as we always say, the tips industry, the service industry, it wears down on your mental health. It is very difficult. Um, it's something that constantly, I think, we're self-medicating ourselves. We are 
um, repressing some of the mental health issues that we're going through. And it's not an issue, not an industry where we talk about this enough. And so one of the things Mike and I are passionate about is really trying to break that stereotype um, and, and allow this service industry to be a little bit more accessible to mental health. And uh, if you guys are out there, you're in this industry, you're struggling, please reach out to Mike and I. We're not professional counselors by any means, but we are here to help. Um, we're also just here to listen. So if you want to DM us, email us, we are happy to kind of just chat with you, be a sounding board. And if you need professional resources, Mike is going to list, you know, a great uh, resource, a hotline that you can call at the end of the show if you're struggling. You know, this world is a more interesting place with you in it. That's something that Mike always reminds me of. And, um, you know, we want you to come back and hang out with us and enjoy the show. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So please please make that a priority in your life. And, you know, if you feel like you're in a good place, you know, be an ally to somebody else that might be struggling. Try to be a little self-aware about the other people that are in your work environment that might be struggling. So um, without further ado, guess what, Mike? What, Steve? We got Midtown Chad Brown on the show tonight, <laughs> and he brought with us a nice little Tennessee bourbon of the George Dickel variety. I love saying George Dickel. Dickel. <laughs> it's an eight-year Dickel, um, and I can't wait to wet my lips with that sweet, sweet Dickel. All right, without further ado, here we go. Midtown Chad Brown. Ch if we can bring him in. Hello. Chad, Chad, how are you, brother? Welcome to I'm the show. I'm doing great. Good. Thanks, Thanks uh, for having me, guys. Uh, this is a little awkward that I reached out, maybe. I don't know. Did no. You do that? no. No, we love We it. like it. Makes us feel special. Frankly, so. <laughs> I, I I always appreciated when I was single, which I'm not now. Obviously, you heard me you heard me arguing with the lady before we started the pod. But when I was single, I did appreciate I, I did appreciate a lady who was from time to time a little assertive. And it's always yeah. nice when one of our guests says, I need to be on the show. I want to be on the show, you know? Ow! I, I was so, going to say, here's so a banana at me. She got a banana. Holy shit. You. Yeah. Anyway, Chad. Talking I'm about so what you like in other women in front of your fucking girlfriend. <laughs> Did you guys Chad, just have an anniversary? <laughs> yeah, three years. So excited. Um, Chad, honestly, honored. I'm in love with her. She's wonderful. Um, Chad, so excited to have you on the show. Glad you reached out. I hope you're equally excited to be on the show. Oh, definitely. You know, and it's. Uh, it's been first time to slide into another man's DMs, but you know. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> oh god. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, so it just felt right. It just felt right. Yeah, you know? it felt right. <laughs> so as we, as we've been doing this, I'll see certain people that I think would be good on the show, and I'll typically try and handle the DM with a very professional atmosphere. I was. He drinking. sends a dick pic. I know. I was. I was. I was drinking one night, and I still am embarrassed about this to this day. But there was some guy that uh, like had a great bartending profile and a lot of good pictures, and. Uh, he was like a good looking dude as well. He's like big and, and bulky, a good looking guy. And I just messaged him with no context. I was like, hey, you look like you could definitely handle the gauntlet. And that was all that I said. <laughs> good he, God. He, he never responded. So. Yeah. yeah, you know why he didn't respond? Because he couldn't handle it. That's, yeah, that's he right. He couldn't there you fucking go. handle it, Mike. He knew. He knew he's a beta. 
That's but, what it was. Yeah, but Chad, on the <laughs> other hand, was very respectful when you reached yes. out. So we appreciate Chad, that. And and, oh, and for sure. <laughs> can you just before we get into the show, you know, a lot of times I ask people, why would you ever be crazy enough to come on this ridiculous show? This show that doesn't really have the exposure of like a legitimate podcast or the production elements mm -hmm. of a re legitimate podcast. But I want to ask you something different. How did you come by the show? Like, how'd you even become aware of us? Because, you know, you did reach out to us. We are so excited to have you on and tell a little bit of your stories. But how did we even get on your radar? Uh, well, um, I've been uh, listening to podcasts for a couple of years and I actually have a couple of buddies who do, you know, hospitality related podcasts. Um, and I love their episodes to death, but I kept like needing shows to listen to because I'd listen to their release and I would be like, what else? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of searched and you guys were one of the first ones that popped up. Uh, you know, I downloaded a few and um, I really enjoyed your guys' content because uh, I forgot the thing I was telling Mike, Michael earlier. It's like it's more of like when we get off a shift and we're just shooting the shit, you know what I mean? that's kind of how the feel is which i enjoy um and i enjoy the like more nerdy stuff too and like the more specific people who like try to get the leaders of the industry on their podcast mm -hmm. which is great but yeah. this is more casual and i don't know i enjoyed it and then i listened to a bunch of episodes and i started answering the gauntlet questions to myself out loud like, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome and like that's remembering awesome. stories and i'm like i should just reach out mm -hmm. why not i'm pretty yeah. sure i was pretty buzzed one night and i'm like what could it hurt yeah <laughs> well i love it man <laughs> um do you want to do you want to give your buddy's podcast a shout out please uh yeah so there's one called the good bottle podcast uh, a couple of buddies that's a through, great name the good through. bottle <laughs> yeah so my my buddy chris opened a bottle shop called the good bottle um so they're a little more specific on like um certain brands and certain industry news that's like up to date uh, and then there's another one by my buddy Eric Castro, who does the um, bartender at large. And, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah we're very familiar with that. But you're yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're, awesome. you're you're actually uh, friends with Eric. Yeah, yeah, okay. he actually started bartending in Sacramento many years ago before he really? moved down down south, and now he has a couple bars. He owns a couple bars himself, and so. awesome. He's yeah. he's exceptional. He's I'll tell you a very clever guy. I I've um oh, yeah. we've we've certainly admired him as we've tried to uh keep this ship afloat over the last couple of years. But um I'm so happy that you found us, man. And and I love listen, for anybody out there listening to this episode at this exact moment, heed what Chad just said. If you find yourself in the car answering the questions, <laughs> then you need to then you need to quit talking to your dashboard and talk to Mike and I. Okay, it's right. ridiculous. Um, the the truth is, uh, Chad, we almost made a huge mistake when we started the show. We almost and and not not to and again, I'm not labeling any of the other hospitality industry podcasts a mistake. I think that we all are trying to do the same thing. We're trying to elevate this profession that we work in, and we're trying to share real and honest and true stories about what it's like to work in this business. But I think one of the things that we set off to do is we're going to start as the bartender rant podcast and we're going to interview local bartenders until we can get to the famous people. Right. Like yeah. that was this weird was idea. Steve. I never wanted that. that. Was, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it was all me, but it was this idea that we were going to get to these, like, I don't know, these like uh, world renowned bartenders or people that were, 
recognized in some way in 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 their yeah. local bartending community. And look, we certainly had those people on. I mean, Carl Bush has been Iowa's best bartender multiple years in a row, mm -hmm. right? So we've had those people on, and that's awesome. But the truth is, as we started to do this, the best thing about the show is that it's a platform for your local bartender. That person that you love, who has a fun personality and a million great stories and one or two decent drinks and runs their bar like it's a goddamn home. And that's what became special about the show. And, and I maybe that's what resonated with you is that it has a more like we're done closing the bar and we're bullshitting. Yeah. It has that bullshitting short of stick to it. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, we'll that, still we'll still interview the famous a lot people. Me. I mean, if Eric wants to come on the show, Happy to let, do him, it. let him oh, know yeah. he's, he's welcome anytime. <laughs> and again, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's like sometimes let's say I go on walks every morning and I put you guys on and uh, you know, it's it's about a three, four mile walk. So, you know, as long as you guys keep perfect. it under three hours, it's perfect. <laughs> not something we can always <laughs> promise you, Chad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's great. Speaking of timing, all right, let's let's talk a little bit about the cocktail that you've decided to bring on the show. I love it. It's going to be easy. We're going to whiz through this section, and I have some fun history to share. But first, tell us, why did you pick George Dickel bourbon? Why the eight-year, you know, and how do you particularly drink it? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we carry Dickel in my bar right now. We have the rye, and we have the Dickel 12, uh, and those are still great bourbons, great whiskey. Um, but you know, when they released this, or at least when I got my hands on it, it's just, it hits every note about whiskey and bourbon that I love, you know, it's not too sweet. It's, uh, God, I hate using this word. I almost said it's smooth, not smooth <laughs> but it's great. It tastes great. It's easy to sip on. I've always enjoyed just drinking my, my bourbon or whiskey just straight up. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's high proof, I'll throw some ice in there for sure. But this one's uh, relatively uh you know average 45 percent, i believe so not too hot uh and i don't know it's again i love the 12 i love the ride but this eight year is just it just sings to me so i, love I do feel like the eight year is their seminal product I, I when i started seeing it more on the shelf i felt like i'm seeing rye a lot so i really got into their rye and maybe that's a regional thing i have no idea right like it could just yeah. be like where i'm working we're ordering rye or the distributors are pushing rye, right? I am definitely somebody that came up with a, with a bourbon palette, right? Like I wanted that syrupy, that corn whiskey. I wanted that sweetness. I wanted that bite back. I wanted that higher proof whiskey. I will tell you now in my life, man, it's aggressive how much I'm down that rye trail. Like if I'm drinking whiskey, I'd say 90% of the time, it's it's either rye or it's some European. We're talking Scotch, Irish, something yeah. like that. Or, you know, and and so I'm drinking a lot less bourbon than I ever have. Um, however, as I saw, as I got to better bars and I saw Dickel being used more often, I do think that the eight year bourbon is their seminal product. I think it's the best of what they do. That's probably yeah. how I would describe it. Like I like their rye the best. Because I just generally like rye more, but I think the the eight year bourbon is the best of what they do, and I'm excited to just talk about their distillery, but specifically that one tonight. So, um, love that that was your choice. It's funny. What was the other drink that you 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 offered me a paper plane, right? As as yeah. the other drink of choice, which yeah, you know, another fan favorite of the show and of Mike and I. But 
Um, we've not, I, I don't think profiled enough brown liquor on the show. I'd love to see more estate rums. I'd love to see, you know, more nuanced, uh, uh, whiskeys. Um, and so yeah. when you said eight year dickle, I was like, we got it. We got to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. It so. worked out that you just got a bottle, you know, the, the yeah, I li- <laughs> Mike, the I literally, <laughs> I, I, so Mike doesn't even know this, but Mike, I literally bought a bottle of eight year dickle yesterday because of a, um, uh, because this upcoming weekend, I have a friend who's getting married and, uh, his like favorite drink in the world is, uh, an old fashioned and he loves George Dickel. We, when we've used to, it's D- Dustin, if you remember Dustin. And, um, when we used to live together, he used to love to drink the old fashions with Dickel. So I've got a bottle. We're going to make a few at his wedding. It's hmm, you know. serendipitous. I like it. Yeah. It all worked out. Um, so tell us how you drink it, because I think that's important. Everybody kind of he has. He's, he says he likes it just neat. All right. How it's do you neat. put? How do you finger it though? Like, is it? Uh, is that an? <laughs> I'm sorry. How do you finger the? How, dick do, you, like? how do you finger your? Usually with dick two. Dick? Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah. two, yeah. two fingers, three fingers at, depends. At a time. Uh, yeah, no. yeah. 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 Uh, two fingers at a time. Okay. Yeah. Great question. It's important. It's great, important great to know. <laughs> I don't know. It's my glass, I have a pretty, pretty large rocks glass. Um, and usually I'd go pretty heavy just so I can sip on it. Like, uh, be working out in my garage or something and I'll just sip on it, but I'm a little low. So I kind of went a little generous to you know, make it stretch through this episode. So, but no ice, no ice, no ice. Yeah. I usually save the ice for the, the higher proof, uh, stuff when I'm sip on, it. I just get that little dilution you know, water a down. A bit. Yeah. 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 So okay. straight up, no complications. You know, obviously I make cocktails all day, so the last thing I want to do is mm-hmm. <laughs> make a cocktail. <laughs> we've and this is why we asked that question. We've heard that so many times that like, hey, yeah. my go to drink is simple. You know why it's simple? Because I make these fucking uh, you know, uh what jungle birds for people all fucking day long. I'm what making right. Remos fizz for people all day long. And the last thing oh, I want to do is fucking sit <laughs> and go high end cocktail for myself. So I love that. Um, as always, if you're out there listening and you're drinking along with us, raise a glass of dickle in the air. And Ask. as we always, and as we always <laughs> say, don't, cups. don't just listen along, drink along. Goddamn right. All. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Now I want to tell you a little bit about George Dickel, because not only does he have a great name, he's got a great story. So, George Augustus Dickel was a German immigrant who came to the United States in 1866. And from the moment he stepped foot on American soil, he was hell-bent on one thing, distilling whiskey. He was aggressive. He was opening distilleries. He was buying other distilleries. He was, as we've talked about on other shows, participating in a little bit of corporate espionage maybe there are some accusations that he set fire to a distillery or two that competed with him (laughs) allegedly right (laughs) you know of course but um one of the interesting things about uh specifically his uh, the whiskey that we're drinking today as you'll notice on the bottle that it's spelled with sky we joked about that on a fireball episode and um you know, the, the real reason, at least for George Dickel, 
that he spelled it with sky without the E at the end is because he's from Europe. And uh, he was once quoted as saying the only true whiskey is Scottish malt, single malt whiskeys. He actually was once quoted as that saying, I wish I could basically make a whiskey as good as that was the implication. Right. And so he actually used the European spelling, the Scottish spelling of whiskey Whiskey without that E at the end, um, kind of as an homage to like, I want to make a great whiskey like these Scottish single malts. So I, I found that kind of a, as just an interesting anecdote off the bat. But there's a few other things I do want to share with you guys before we move on to the drinking. Number one, the first ever br- distillery that the, the whiskey was actually produced at was called um, the Cascade hollow distillery which is super sounds super southern to me right cascade hollow right like i'll burn whiskey up in a cascade hollow you know down in tennessee <laughs> and uh the interesting thing about it is when it was brewed in the cascade hollow the there was like a a common catchphrase that everybody that would uh work at uh george dickel's distillery would use they would say this whiskey is as mellow as moonlight and the reason why is because they would do the majority of their mash cooling at night. So the majority of the workers would be there in the evening actually cooling the mash and removing the mash from the liquid in the evenings because Tennessee was so hot, so humid. You got to remember this is the 1800s. There's no air conditioning. So they would work a lot at night. And it became this colloquialism that this whiskey is as mellow as moonlight because it was kind of made at night during the moonlight. Um, this is my favorite fact. I'm about to tell you. This is my absolute favorite fact that I researched. The distillery is started in the late 1860s, early 1870s, right? They start commercial production. They're competing with other brands like Jack Daniels. They're competing with other brands uh, in, that, in that kind of Tennessee Valley area, right? Uh, which obviously we now know as this, you know, pretty much the bourbon capital of America, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. They started in 1870. They never wrote the recipe for the bourbon down until eight, until 1933. Let that just sit in your head for a second for 63 years. There were only four people four that knew the complete recipe to George A. Dickel's bourbon. Think of, just think about that, right? Like something could have happened to any of those people and it would be lost to time. The first time they ever wrote it down on paper was 1933. They were so protective of this. They didn't want to, you know, and I think the bourbon market in that area was so hyper competitive that they were like always tense and they were thinking, what's going to fucking happen, right, if this recipe gets out? And so they don't ever end up writing the recipe down until 1933. And I thought that was just so cool. It, it's definitely a little bit of a, uh, over, over-anxiety coming into play. Yeah, there. it's like clandestine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a little, it's a little freaky-deaky. <laughs> freaky so the last thing that I, uh, that I wanted to share um, was, uh, was specifically that the original site of the distillery – uh, the Cascade Hollow Distillery is now registered as a historical place as of 1994. Um, Diageo, who now owns the brand, actually turned it into a museum. And uh, 
it, it, it's pretty wild. The, you know, when they first um, were started, you know, when the whiskey boom of the early 1990s happened, when all of these craft distilleries in the bourbon and whiskey game in America really started to absolutely expand their product lines. And there was this kind of cocktail revolution starting in the early 1990s and through the 2000s. The entire company almost folded at one point because demand, ex uh, or sorry, supply exceeded demand. They had so much product that they, they were inundating the market. So George Dickel actually closed for a four-year period of time to allow scarcity of their product in the market and aging. So this is truly a craft distillery. This is somebody who cares about their product. They, they care about what the end user is getting. And it, it, you know, little facts like that fascinate me. It's really hard to be in this game. If you're going to be in this game distilling, you have to be passionate about it. You have to love it. And, um, you know, George A. Dickel, Augustus Dickel, he truly was passionate about it. So let's raise a glass in the air to him. To Dickle. Hey, to Dickel. Well, Chad, I want to move us right into the drinkton. Now, this is like your service industry LinkedIn. So, I want you to tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got into the business, and then we'll uh, talk about kind of what positions you've held and how you got to where you are now. So, first off, how did you first ever get into the restaurant business? Uh. Through the cozy doors of the Golden Arches, which we call McDonald's. <laughs> oh, yes. We, I don't think we've had a McDonald's employee on the show yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, I That's mean, wonderful. Te technically, I worked at this uh, sandwich shop in the mall, but I was I was only 15, so I could, like, literally all I could do was wrap sandwiches and fill up sodas. But that lasted, like, two months. And I said, like, fuck off, because it's boring. And then I got hired <laughs> at McDonald's. I uh, worked there for, I don't know, a couple years. Uh, and then I got into real restaurants. Um, you know, I came up kind of the old school way, dishwasher, busser, server, you know, bartender, manager. So I've kind of held uh, every cap in the restaurant industry. And uh, so now I'm currently a uh, manager on duty, a.k.a. bartender who counts money. Yes. At my, uh, <laughs> my local spot now. And uh, so, you know, I'm semi-responsible, but. What now? What is this place called? Are you will? Are you happy to share? Because we'd love to promote yeah, yeah. promote you guys. Yeah, for sure. So I'm at the Shady Lady Saloon oh, here in uh, lovely Sacramento, California. Midtown uh, Chad Brown at the Shady Lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. You have an amazing band name right down mm. right there. Midtown <laughs> Chad Brown and the Shady Ladies. That's a that's a band name if I've ever heard one. Yeah, it's just a four-piece band, you know, no big deal. I'm the lead <laughs> singer. It's all good. I count uh, the money at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, I count the money then. I, you know, the drummer doesn't get as much, but anyway. <laughs> and he shouldn't. He shouldn't because he yeah. doesn't do his side work. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, fun, fun little quick fact about the Shady Lady. Uh, we were one of the first, if not the first, uh, cocktail bar in Sacramento. That's cool. To, uh, to do like pre-prohibition era style cocktails, which mm. we still do to this day. Uh, so like, I always like to say that we started the the cocktail, you know, uh, renaissance, if you will, of Sacramento. So cool. That's awesome. How and, long has how long has the Shady Lady been around? 
uh 14 years nice wow they've been going strong yeah hell yeah we good for them man survive through the covid mm. bs so that's good <laughs> i'm i'm fascinated to learn more about the sacramento scene it's i you know you and i were chatting before the show it is this city that has eluded me and, and look i'm there are plenty of places I haven't been, but a lot of them are, they're like, they're not on my list, right? Like I either don't yeah. want to go there or, you know, there's something close to there that I'm, I definitely want to go to. So it, it, uh, it almost like a ma- it magnetizes me away. I have no reason not to go to Sacramento. I, I appreciate you telling us a little bit more about the shady lady because I don't know anything about Sacramento. Like it's one of these cities that has completely eluded me and I don't exactly know why. I think maybe it's East Coast bias, right? Like I don't, you know, I don't spend enough time in California and when I go out there, I'm going to one of the, like the staples, right? I'm going to San Francisco, I'm going to San Diego and it almost becomes this like, uh, this like town stuck between big cities that we don't give enough credence to. And I am so excited to learn more about um, some of the food and drink culture in that city, and so cool that the shady lady played a part in that, kind of resurrecting the, you know, uh, the cocktail scene and creating this new, this new movement there. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving hearing more about that. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you're not the only one. A lot of people don't realize what's in Sacramento in, until they physically come here. Uh, you know, for of course, <clears throat> I was born and raised here, and what I've heard most of my life. It's a cow town. It's, you know, nothing exciting happens here. It's a cow town. Mike knows about that. Yeah, don't tell me about fucking cow Mike Mike knows about that. And it's funny just because, like, we're literally surrounded by so many farms within the, you know, 10, 20, 30-mile radius. Um, And we've adopted the farm, the fork capital, uh, you know, catchphrase or whatever you call it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't know about Sacramento until they get here and then they fall in love with it. And I just like to be like, yeah, that's right. I told you (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of dope shit that comes here. We're not the Bay, you know, we're, we're not even NorCal. We're central California. Pretty like pretty literally. Yeah, Cause you're what, if I'm not mistaken, you're in between LA and San Fran. Is that right? Uh, Kind of like we're, we're here. The Bay's over here. LA's down a little more. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, if you look, you look at the map, California. It's it's almost literally in the middle of the state. Um, but yeah, it's dope. I love the city, and I love telling people about it. There's you know a lot of great bars, restaurants. There's a lot of good music that comes through here. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the Kings earlier. So now that we have this beautiful new arena, oh my god, light the Chad, light the fucking beam, beam. bro. Light yeah. the goddamn beam. I look. Yeah, you do know, Chad. Chad, I'm from Maryland. Okay, you're welcome for Kevin Herter because that boy is an absolute dog. He's Thank a you, dog. We fucking we love him. He's a motherfucking <laughs> dog. I've never the last ginger I love this much who was an athlete was uh, was fucking Andy Dalton. Just because I knew you were gonna say that. I know I'm not a Cincinnati Bengals fan, but I love watching. I love watching Ginger succeed. And I'll tell you, this guy, this guy is up there for the best Ginger in pro sports right now. I mean, he is an absolute dog. I love him. 
He's killing it. I'm so happy we kept Some him. Bonus. Not that I thought we were not, but yeah. Anyways. Fucking fucking yeah. De'Aaron Fox. I love them all, man. I look, Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed. I was at a game once. I threw a water bottle right into the back of Buddy Healed's head at an Oklahoma West Virginia <laughs> game, and he proceeded to drop forty, including the game-winning three-point shot. I mean, the guy. Uh, every one of them. It's a team full why, of dogs. Why did you throw a bottle at him? It had to happen, Michael. Okay, <laughs> but. But Buddy Hill's on Indiana now. Oh, is, oh that's right. He got yeah. traded for uh, – did you get back – I'm trying to think who you got back. We, in got, we got Sabonis out of that. Deal. That's right. Okay, he went yeah. in the Sabonis deal. You're right. But I, loved, I loved Hill too. I loved Hill when he was yeah. here. But sure. he's not He's not part of the light, the beam era. He's not part of this new era. So nah. very excited for you guys. And by the way, such a great basketball town that hasn't had nice things. For so long, that 2003 finals was just such a clusterfuck, and ever since then, it's just been such a weird, weird yeah. experience for the Sacramento fans. And I personally, as a tragic sports fan, I'm so happy for you guys. I want you to know that also out here on the East Coast, we're we're rooting for you. We really are. I promise. Thanks. We you put that. a lot of work into you know the team. Just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Mikey Brown. Uh, all right, we could do this all day. Anyway, yeah, um, you too. So, I would have to leave, but so, <laughs> so I know we're going to talk more about the shady lady, but you know what time it is, Chad? It is time for the gauntlet. That's why we do the show. Zero hour is upon us, like the motherfucking beam, because the gauntlet is here. Um, are you ready, my friend? Yes, sir. I've been Fan. practicing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now, now I'll forget. Now I'll forget all my answers. <laughs> that's that's George Dickel doing his work. Um, all right, here we go. It is the gauntlet. Okay, my friend, Midtown Chad Brown. Question numero uno. Pet peeves and misconceptions. Now, these can be your pet peeves about patrons, about fellow co-workers, but they can also be misconceptions that people might have about the service industry. Okay. Um, so I got a little bit of both, actually. Um, I'll start with misconceptions. You know, we've all heard the, uh, is, this, is this your real job? Like, what's your real job? You're just a bartender type thing. Right. You know, I, think, I don't think a lot of people actually understand not only physically is it demanding because we're on our feet all fucking day, but the mental capacity you got to have to, to talk to all these different guests, like different personalities, different attitudes, different needs, the emotional like capital, it, yeah. emotional. Yeah. It, it's really, really straining. And, you know, um, that's why we say not everybody can cut it in this industry, especially right. behind the bar. Um, cause it's really taxing on you. So that, I think it's kind of a misconception that a lot of people who haven't worked in the industry probably don't really understand cause they see us, you know, smiling and having fun and just pouring drinks and making all this money. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, so that's a good misconception. I think let, let's uh, sit, let's sit in that for just a second here, because I think, okay. I think we've had that particular pet peeve a lot on the show, right? Like, is this all you do? Is this your real job? You know, almost discrediting the industry. And we've, you know, I think a lot of times 
on our show, our immediate reaction is about the money, right? Like, hey, I'm putting my kids through school or I'm paying my mortgage or I'm making a legitimate wage, right? This is a legitimate job. This is my job, right? But I yeah. love that you've now teased out a different kind of uh, mental health aspect of it. We all struggle with our jobs, no matter what industry you're in, right? You love it, you hate it, but you you struggle with it because of the adversity that a job brings to your life. That's just part of it. However, not everybody is asked to expend human capital on a day-to-day basis. For example, I could never be an accountant sitting and look, even if I had the capacity to do the math, sitting and looking at the numbers would turn my brain into mustard shit, right? Like I would not, I would not be able to function. Like I would just I would slowly go insane. There are people out there that can look at equations and spreadsheets all day and it's easy for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that person, if they were asked to expend the, the emotional or human capital of speaking with somebody, dealing with somebody, servicing their requests, making sure they feel good, making sure they're happy, making sure their family's happy, their friends are happy. The people are attended to. These are things that I don't think enough people factor in to the equation. So totally. You know, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts today and they were talking about, oh, why can't I just have flat wings at your restaurant? Isn't it, it why is it so hard? And and I'm screaming, right? <laughs> just like you in your car to the podcast. You don't understand. We weigh the wings, we pre-measure them, we, we bag them. You don't understand that cook's only got so many bowls to mix them in. He's only got so right. many fryers. Like they don't understand the nuance. And I think one of the nuances specifically for bartenders is this idea that the job is so easy. And the reason why is because it's not math. It's not brain surgery. It's not X, Y, or Z. But I think what we need to do more as an industry is start to try to communicate to non-industry professionals that we possess a different skill. And the, and the skill is managing, dealing with and making people happy. And that is a skill. That yeah. is absolutely a skill. So I appreciate totally. you kind of kind of bringing that to light. That's something that we don't, I think, hammer home enough. Yeah, thank you for your deep thoughts on that. We're, we're glad we get to hear from you about that, Chad. <laughs> deep thoughts with Jack Handy. <laughs> I mean, uh, Midtown Chad Brown. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, no, totally, I mean, go ahead. Go on. No, 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 go on. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, that's what I've noticed over the past, I've been doing this forever, but like a couple of years, you know, it's mentally taxing. So I've been better at when I come home, I decompress like fully and do something totally non-related to, you know, get that out of my mind. Mm-hmm. What What's your outlet? Uh, it's usually weed and uh, <laughs> tending to my garden. Oh, nice. You have a <laughs> garden. What do, you, what do you like to grow in your garden? Uh, well, um, we can get more into this later, but uh, I got a lot of herbs, mm. um, the fun kind and the, the healthy kind. <laughs> um, I do some vegetables every once in a while, uh, but, you know, I, um, I, I, <clears throat> I have a syrup company that uses uh, dried herbs and tea. So I try to grow a lot of my own herbs out here. Cool. That's killer. And yeah. by the way, if you, if the joke didn't land when I mentioned your deep thoughts, I was really just making fun of Steve for his no the joke landed. His we all got it. Everybody uh, listening got it. I, I, have a, I have another question though. Um, 
So, because Steve's right, this one does come up a lot, and I'm sure it's going to continue to come up because it is such a misconception. What What do you think are some of the best ways to respond to people when they ask those questions? Because aside from them not understanding, it's also just kind of a rude question to ask somebody. Like, oh, is this your real job? Is this all you do? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, well, you know, are there any particular ways that you like to respond to somebody when they ask that? Um, you know, I haven't really thought about this, but I mean, I guess I'd kind of, I'd, I'd come at them, you know, kindly and just be like, it's a real job, you know, and it's, you know, anywhere from six to 10 hours shifts. Um, I'm dealing with money. I'm dealing with, uh, proper ingredients, you know, food safety, uh, security at a lot of times. And, oh, on top of that, you know, I have to make, you know, this customer who's a 60 year old woman who only likes white wine versus this 21 year old who just wants to drink fucking long islands Mm -hmm. you gotta juggle all those emotions and personalities and characteristics and you know different things make different people happy and satisfied so Mm -hmm. like again going back to like the mental part of it it's just it's a lot you know well, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times people think it's easy because when you are dealing with a good bar restaurants restaurant staff, they make it look easy. You're not seeing yeah. the hell that's going on in the that's back kitchen point, or at the service bar. You're just seeing this wonderful, nice dining experience. And then the moment things start... The chaos is behind Or, or Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. I mean, the moment that the food's not coming out, it's like, well, come on, how hard is your job? How hard is it to take my order? Right. It's like, you have no idea how difficult it truly is when you're trying to balance the times of making sure the drinks get made, the appetizers get put in at the right time, that you remember all the different right. you know allergies that this one table has and trying to balance it all to where everybody mm-hmm. has this seamless, wonderful experience. And it is a lot. And um, yeah, I think just a good bar staff really uh, makes it look very easy. Have you, have you guys watched the show, The Bear on Hulu? Oh, yeah. Love I it. Love it. I, I, I love that show. It's like such a perfect like uh, description of like mm-hmm. behind scenes and what the customer sees you know what i mean like the, I, I especially the second season i just fell in love yeah. with the shows it fucking stressed me out i haven't been like i said in the oh, yeah. industry for a long time but it was very stressful <laughs> well, there's, one... there's this one clip from the show where she's uh the, what's uh, one of the the sid yeah is it sid she mm. uh she's talking and she's by a train and, and they can't hear her and she's like sorry i'm by a fucking train and like that resonated with me because every episode i'm like yeah. sorry i'm by yeah. a fucking train <laughs> you, you know the one that the, the one that always does it for me i think it's like episode four or five of season one where um he goes out back and he ha- is sitting down smoking a cigarette and in his hand he's holding what i think Everybody who was watching the show who was not in the service industry was like, oh, that looks like a big cup. I wonder where we got that big cup to drink that water. And all of us that are in the service industry is like, that's a fucking soup container. I know exactly what that is, right? Like, that is the type. Yeah, that's the type of evil to where, like, you don't think about it when you're, like, online or when you're behind the bar. But, like, when you work in one of those environments – you say to yourself, oh, my God, I have not drank water in eight hours or anything. And so I'm going to take this giant soup container and I'm going to fill it up and I'm going to go out back and I'm going to have a moment where I try to keep my sanity. And I will tell you that little detail, man, it was it oh, yeah. resonated with with me in a way where I was like, this show really does get us like it. They they they, they realize like what it's really like on the ground. And um. You know, they don't get everything right. No show ever will. It's impossible to depict to it perfectly. But they have been about the closest scratch that we've had yeah. in a long time. So, so do you uh, have any, that uh, movie waiting? 
Yeah, waiting. And also, uh, <laughs> have you have you seen uh, Slam and Salmon? I love the Slam and Salmon. No, but I, I, you guys referenced it. Uh, I think mm-hmm. kind of recently. It's worth it. Definitely it's worth good, a yeah. watch. I've been sure. wanting to check it out. Yeah. yeah for sure. So any any pet peeves? Because I know we got to keep moving, but I, I'm glad we got to dive into that a little uh, bit. Yeah, I'll go quick on this. Pet peeves, um, fellow coworkers, especially bartenders, when they don't fucking reset their station. I think someone said that before, but like it's. Make a drink, fucking reset it, and move on. Like, give me a fucking break. Especially if we're sharing well in yeah. whatever mm. circumstance. Preach, like, preach, we, Chadley. Preach. Yeah, we have we have a newer newer bartender right now, and and I don't know where this habit came, but she leaves her tins in the sink dirty, and I'm like, mm. this is you're setting me back. Like, reset, move the fuck on. Let's go. <laughs> it, it does feel like uh, like the recipe, you know, like you look at a, a cocktail spec and it says add these parts, you know, stir, shake, add ice, you know, double strain, use a mess strainer, pour in this glass. But nowhere on the cocktail spec does it say <laughs> then have your coworker clean up your shit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, it's your, your actually. Dude, do I need to start writing at the end of all my specs? Clean up your own fucking <laughs> shit because I I will if that's what is required. I'm happy to write that. That's what I was gonna say. At the in your cocktail sheet, just be like and clean up afterwards. Mm, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't right. be a dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go, Michael. Give Chad question number two. All right. Question number two, best and worst tips. Now, these can, of course, be monetary. We love hearing about the big spenders and the stingy stingy stiffers. Um, But we also like to hear about, you know, maybe a guest has, has, you know, brought a gift in or something. So the tip doesn't have to be monetary, uh, but it can be as well. Uh, Yeah, of course. Uh, You know, I've I've gotten pretty good cash tips, uh, but nothing extraordinary. Um, And... This is going to sound really nerdy and it sounds stupid now that I think about it, but I worked at the Hard Rock Cafe and pin trading was a real big deal. They actually had real value. Yes. Pins that you wear. Yeah. So we had this regular who gave me uh, this, like, it was like 60 year anniversary Hard Rock trader print that was like hard to get. And he gave it to me. And that was at the moment, I was like, oh man, you're so great. This is like really hard to find and hard to get. Because we literally had like hundreds of people come to the cafe and like do a whole pin trading, much like the Disney shit you see behind. I was gonna say I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to interrupt. But is this an origin story where you tell us like I turned that one pin into all of these? This is actually my collection. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean that was really cool. Um, I've you know I've been invited to people's. you know who build out like legit bars in their house yeah to their parties and stuff like that and um i've gotten really cool bottles that are hard to get um just little things like that you know nothing too extraordinary but they're all sentimental to me and mm-hmm. i appreciate it at the time so yeah well i mean like for instance with the guy who gave you the pin you know what what was the relationship what was the connection that you two had that made him want to give you a gift like that uh so yeah um i at that point i worked at the hard rock for a about three years and he was a regular um and actually it was the year that i started bartending for the first time i started as a cook then a server and then i went to bartending uh so we already kind of had a relationship for my serving um and you know again the this 
pin days were a real big deal to everybody. And I was trying to like get my fucking uh, flare up. You know what I mean? I had all sexy ladies. <laughs> trying to get hold on, hold, trying yeah. to get my flare up. <laughs> trying to get my flare up. It was a big. Gonna, it was a big deal. The next, the <laughs> like, next, the next Friday night I go out. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm trying to get my flare up. Yeah. Get your flare up, man. My shirts weighed like 20 pounds because all the fucking pins I had. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool then, but now I'm like, God, that was stupid. But um, yeah, he was a regular, really cool older dude uh, who came to the bar and you know got pretty much the same burger and beer, and we just kind of nerded out on these pins because they were cool at the time and. He was like, I got this special one. And I knew the value of it. Not really money-wise value, but how hard it was to get mm, in the right. community. So it was cool. It was fun. You know, I held on to it for a couple more years, and now I don't know where it is now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope he doesn't listen to this episode then. But uh, yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> he was old. He's probably not around anymore. Uh, but you know, it goes back to the, the spirit of what Steve was talking about at the beginning of the show, but, uh, you know, your local bartenders, you know, the local bartenders that you see in, in a weird way, they are your little local celebrity. It's the person that you go to, to, to enjoy a, a meal, you know, or celebrate something or even go to grieve over something. So, um, yeah, it's just cool to see because trust me with the job that I have, none of my customers have ever given me anything nice. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it is kind of, you think that has to do with the job or that has to do with you. <laughs> yeah, me probably. Uh, yeah. but also the job, but, uh, I just mean the service industry is, is fuck you and your prostitute family. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you and your old prostitute family. <laughs> That should uh, be a t-shirt. Yeah, that, that's there you go. Fuck <laughs> you and your prostitute family. Oh my god. Right, I love that though. That's, that's a good story. I like that. That's a great one, bud. Um, all right. Let's move on to question <laughs> number three. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Worst. Go ahead. What? Sorry. Quick worst tips, but it was hilarious. Back it you up. Question rem- number two. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I just no, remember no, it's this. Okay. It's okay. Uh, it's when I was a busser, so it wasn't my tip, but a bartender got a tip. On the tip line, the person wrote, don't stand in a canoe as a tip. Oh, come on. What an asshole. It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> asshole, but yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait I, don't, I don't get it. Am I missing something? Don't stand in a canoe because the t- canoe will tip over? Yeah, you don't stand up in a canoe. Come on, man. Right? No, no, no. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. Unless you, you don't. can, I don't know. No, no. Have you ever even been inside of a canoe? Yes, Steve? my mom and my, my mom and I have a canoe. We go canoeing all the sure time. Hold you on. Do. Sure. Stay with me here. Stay with me here. You just said that was a bad tip, right? No. And more funny. It yeah. was just something. I you shouldn't about. stand up in a canoe. That's a good tip. That's that's good absolutely tip. good advice. But not when it's written on the tip line of a check. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he stiffed him a little bit, but at least he gave <laughs> no, he him some worldly advice. Stiffed him. The next <laughs> time that that bartender goes canoeing, he's not going to stand up. Boarding. This was before paddle boarding. I'm just thing, saying. So I guess it was good tip, I guess. Anyways, sorry. Oh, you're, you're like number three. You're you're, you're a you're you're an optimist. You're you're a glass half full kind of guy, and I love you. That. Really are. You really are. All right, question numero three. Oh, hold on. Oh, there you go. Worst drink orders now. Originally, this category started out as the worst drinks that somebody has ordered from you. Drinks that make you cringe. Drinks you're like, ah, uh, what? Really? Are you for real? But it's expanded from that. Mike, please explain to him what this category has become. Yeah, this can also be drinks that you personally hate to make. 
uh, or it can be even the worst drink that another bartender has ever made for you. Out in the wild. Got it. Got it. Um, okay, so I have a little bit of both. Um, and uh, I guess I'll keep names safe. But at this bar I worked at, we had seasonal drinks um, that the bartenders could submit to have on our seasonal menu. And I won't name any names or where it was, but there was this one bartender who would always submit just garbage drinks. But they always made it on the menu. They always made it. They do it intentionally or they just kind of, they just just incidentally were terrible. They did. I mean, I'm a little bit of a nerd. So they, I don't think they really like went through the layers of like creating a great cocktail. Mm -hmm. They just put whatever in it. It always landed on the menu. And I always hated making those drinks because there was like seven ingredients, usually way too sweet. The elaborate garnish that was just took too much time to make. Not, uh, so, not only do you hate the drink, but you like don't respect the creative process no, of the no, person no, that, that no. made it. Hold on, hold on, Michael, like Michael, I'm no. so glad, Michael, no. I'm so glad you used the word right. process to, to bring another basketball <laughs> term in. Look, I have positively said light the beam because light the motherfucking beam. But also, you remember, you remember how we were saying in Philly, trust the process? Uh, no, I don't trust it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not about the process. Fuck. You know what? Fuck the process. All right. Yeah. I'm a Miami Heat fan. And if I walked into this bar and I saw this garnish process, I would be saying, fuck the process. Exactly. Are we talking exactly. about sports or bartending right now? You'll get I'm it lost. one day. Mike, <laughs> so. uh, but there was this one, there was this customer uh, who I'll never fucking forget. Um, kind of a weird dude, older, older guy. So the bar or I was a server at the time, but the, the restaurant I worked at, we had those big 22 ounce uh, beer glasses. He would get uh, Bud Light, but you have to fill it up with ice mm. and pour about two ounces of grenadine in it and then fill it up with Bud Light. Come on. Is there and a, would, you have a name for it? I don't, I don't know, but he would, sit there, he would sit there and Must have like light? five or six of these things. No. Really? And like, no. The shitty grenadine, no. like the, whatever germs or whatever it is, like the crap grenadine. I never understood it, and it, I'll never forget it because it was just this bright red Bud Light over ice. See, no. out of all the drinks, oh like I actually, I want to try that. Like for some reason, like I don't, no. think it, I don't think it sounds good. <laughs> Michael, but like, have I have had... to, I want to know what that tastes Mike, like. Mike, have you, know? you ever had a candy Corona? No, but you talked about it on the first episode. Right, of the so podcast, a candy yeah. Corona tastes like a fizzy cherry soda. That's what it tastes like because you grenadine is such a powerful sugary cherry. E flavor that when you put it into Corona, this you know Mexican it, lager, it takes over, and and so it's he all was ahead of his time. He all was, he is, was ahead of the curve. Yeah, he's an innovator, <laughs> sure. I'm not an innovator. Uh, also, also the beer, the, the ice in the beer is something I've never understood. I mean, so yeah, I will say this. Yeah. I will say this. I used to work at a bar where our beers were notoriously warm, and I knew it. I knew it when we worked there. I would encourage guests. Very, very often, like I was like, "Are you sure you want a draft? Are you <laughs> sure you don't want a bottle? Are you sure you don't want a can?" Right? Like I would I, that those were the sorts of questions. It's not going to be very cold. Like our draft room was just bad, and I, I, I was generally also concerned with the cleanliness of the lines. So there was an additional factor in in the mix there. Um, 
But constantly, people would order these drafts, and and we had a group of regulars that they would order a stein with ice, and they would order the beer, and they would pour a little bit at a time and drink it so that the ice wouldn't melt. It wouldn't melt, but it would chill it down. Or they could strain, that and would so- they? I'm not even kidding. What I'm about to say used to piss me off. A few of them, what they would do is they would have the beer in one glass, they would have the other glass with the ice, they would pour a little beer, a little bit of beer in, so the beer would be cold. But as the ice would melt, they would take their finger and strain the the dirty beer ice water that had melted just right out of the bar. They would just do it <laughs> right out of the bar. You know what? Then, no, keep, good for them. Good for them. Keep pouring. Fuck your bar. You you should be grateful that they even continue. I told to, them to get a bottle. Instead, instead of being like, you know what? Maybe we maybe it's we should go fault. to a bar that knows how to serve cold beer. Instead you know of what? that, they you came know what? Up- <laughs> then go to the owner's house and pour that fucking d- dirty beer water on his front porch. But don't put it on my bar that I have to no, clean. No, you I'm think right. I pay for the fucking I, beer room? I think it was, I a, don't. I think it was an I intentional don't. protest. I'm I trying think. to make rent. No, okay, that's not. what I'm trying to do. Chad, I've, I've got a question for you about the, the person with the cocktails that continued to get on the menu. Yes. What, why do you think those drinks continue to get featured? Was it something about the person selecting them or the person that made them? Well, that was the problem. No one was like actually shifting through the drinks to pick the best one. It was just like submit something and it's on the menu. Oh man! And you know, I actually like this person and respect them, but it's it was a teachable moment that maybe I should have took advantage of. But it's just like no, it was like submit something and it's on the menu automatically. Like mm-hmm. no vetting or no nothing. Like that's surprising. Yeah, that seems it was a always fast and loose. It was always fruit. It was always sweet. And it was like a three-step garnish process. And I'm like, this is fucking taking forever. I hate mm-hmm. this drink. <laughs> three, three, and the worst part is sometimes it would be the most popular drink. Yeah, that's oh, all that's I was going to ask. Part. Did they get, <laughs> did the they get ordered a lot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that yeah. is the worst. That's great. I love it. All right. That is a beautiful new worst drink answer, Michael. Is we've never had three yeah, we, garnishes. We've never had three <laughs> garnishes in, in the worst drink category. All right. Question number four. Ultimate mistakes and fuck-ups. Now, Chad, these can be yours. They can be your coworkers, but they can also be a bartender that you've seen in the wild. So – what we want to hear is when someone in the service industry truly crashes and burns. Got it. Got it. So uh, I got a quick one for me, and then uh, I, I've been savoring this one, which I think is probably <laughs> the ultimate fuck-up you can do. Anyway, so early on in my career, uh, I served at this Mexican restaurant uh, chain company. Um, oh, yeah? And it was the first time that – we had those big trays that you could hold like, you know, six plates or whatever. Um, so I was taking a party about, I don't know, 15, 20 people. I'm like, oh, I'll just use this big tray to get everyone's drinks on. Easy, right? Yeah, totally. So I'm coming out with all the drinks, iced tea, water, cocktails, whatever. First second I get to that fucking table, I kick the chair that someone's sitting in. All the drinks go on two people. <laughs> 15 drinks and I, I, th- I think if you guys had this similar story but it's like this was my first ultimate fuck up personally as a server uh and it was just like 
honed in on these two hey, people, right? That's there. a lot. Like, that's a lot of beverage to be spilling. That's well. a lot of beverage. <laughs> well, well, no, no, hold on. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. There's there's some accuracy. You're a sniper. You know what I mean? Or at least yeah. a good grenade thrower. Done intentionally. <laughs> but you know, like and simultaneously, like I I accidentally kicked the corner of the chair, so it jolts me forward, and then whoop, and I'm like, oh shit. So hold America. on, I want to I, I want to understand something. Where are we in our in in the chronology of your service industry experience? You said you said this is your first ever fuck up. So like, is this early on in the proceedings? Was this fairly Definitely. recent? What are we talking here? Uh, no, this is this is early on. Um, before I bartended, this is probably this is my second serving job. No, actually, style works. I was serving at two different places at the time. But still, like, you know, maybe you're split time. What year? What year is this? Uh, fuck, I don't know. I know. I'm sorry. Five, <laughs> 2004, 2005. 2004, 2005. So I've been in this game for a long time. So. The reason, the reason <laughs> I'm asking, the reason I'm asking is you mentioned that this is a national chain, and and look, I'm not going to force you to name it, but let's all. Let's all just come together, all right? Like certain chains were not around in 2005. And also, I like to think that while you were spilling this drink on somebody, it's that drinks, like but it's been multiple drinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> while you're spilling this drink, I want to kind of imagine what song might be playing in the in the background. Like I kind of think it might have been Rihanna's <laughs> Hey Mr. DJ One Corner Replay. <laughs> Mr. DJ want to turn the music up on and over and dance flow on one tomorrow. Mr. DJ want to turn the music uh, up. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know how national they, I know it was a chain, but it was a, a, a Mexican cuisine place called On the Border. I've heard of On the Border. Yeah. Oh, I, know, know I know there's that. multiple. I've there's got multiple. food poisoning there three times. Yeah. And, you know, so <laughs> don't ask me why. Why do you keep good. going back? Yeah. Well, that's what you're not supposed to ask me. Okay. I already said that. Uh, so uh, just out of uh, curiosity here. Um, so all the drinks on two people. Can you describe the two people that? Uh, yeah, please do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so if I can remember, I think it was like a, um, it was a family. Uh, I think their kids just graduated high school, so they were like going out, going Good. out to dinner. celebrating. Good. <laughs> I can't remember if it was like the parents or you know. Listen, the, I think I speak for Michael when I say fuck those kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the yeah. Fuck? No, I like it. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, they were celebrating their, the kids, are, you know, graduating high school. It's kind of like when the team dumps the, you know, the, game the, the Gatorade. Gatorade. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Did it. You, kid. Did it. Were, they, were they, were they really upset about it or were they cool about it? Uh, it, it I don't know if they were like a couple, but it was a guy and a girl, an uh, older lady, older gentleman. Um, the, the, the girl was, the lady was pissed. The guy tried oh, to be yeah. nice and like felt bad for me. Cause you know, I, I was like, sorry, sorry. Oh my God. Uh, but chick was pissed. I had to get my manager. I'm sure he comped like half the meal or some shit. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. really remember. Chad, you, but, uh, Chad, do you remember what tip you got? From yeah, that that's, yeah, that's yeah. I think I still got, uh, the gratuity, which at the time I think was about 20%. Oh, so uh, there was automatic gratuity. Auto. Gratuity, auto yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell you, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. I gotta tell you, <laughs> yeah, especially after dropping. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say, exactly. Those are, of, 
Those are one of the moments where you love autograph. You're like, sorry, that's how it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now that I think about it, there's a few times where autograph saved my ass uh, financially. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and we talk a lot about on the show the sympathy tip. You know, it's something sympathy that we've tip. been talking about for years. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, you already know the shtick. I, I really wish that there would be a bartender out there brave enough. And I'm, and, I'm hoping that the um, the 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 climax of our show is that we get you know oh, five sorry. or ten years into this, and then there is someone that goes, Steve and Mike, uh, I'm DMing you to tell you that I am that bartender <laughs> who was crazy enough, who was crazy enough to give everybody terrible service and drop drinks on people and like fuck up yeah. constantly. Oh, but, but but they have to be vulnerable enough to be sympathetic, right? Yeah, you got to you fuck so sorry, stuff up and you got to so feel sorry. terrible. Yeah, My yeah. bad. And you have to well with tears up in your eyes. And you have to like really <laughs> lean into the sympathy tip because I, I'm telling you, I think there really is a lane. I do for somebody that the way that they make their money is the sympathy tip, getting them 30, 40, 50% because it happens. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. You're talking about a you phone actors, this... You think actors in Hollywood who served before they got their acting career, like practiced on customers? I'm telling you, you know, they, <laughs> they, they do say everybody who moves to LA is, a, is what is a diner waitress at some point or another. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just would love to hear the story of somebody actually saying, you know what? I'm doing this as a social experiment. I have a job yeah. as an engineer, right? Like yeah. I'm just doing this one day a week to see how bad I can be and how much people would actually still tip me. Right. Like uh, I would really be fascinated by that. Okay. Mr. Chadley question. Number five, health code violations. Now these health code violations can be yours. They can be your coworkers. Just something you've seen in the restaurant business, but it's very important to protect the innocent and the guilty. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've I've seen my fair share of uh, you know not using gloves when you you're supposed to. You know, I did spend a couple of years in the kitchen, so you know, not storing properly, things of that nature. But the one that really stuck out to me is uh. I worked at this bar and, you know, so in the ice well, um, where you put all the ice for the drinks, some, some ice wells have that cold plate that physically yeah. keeps the, the soda yep. and everything cold. So this is a, just got hired to this bar a couple months in as the manager. So me and my nature, I'm like, let's go through everything clean, make sure everything's nice and clean. So we get done. Uh, it's just like two weeks in with me bartending. And we get done at the end of the night, and I'm burning all the ice at the end of the night. Because, you know, California likes to waste water and do that. <laughs> um, and I just realized that night, and I'm like, oh, there's a cold plate. You know, let's, does this move? Oh, it moves. Let's lift it up. No. <laughs> the amount of, of, I don't even know if it's called mold. It looked like gelatin <laughs> of, of bacteria and God knows what else. Was just uh, under this plate, under uh, the plate, like fast like growing, an inch, living, an inch surviving, thick, like yeah. And I'm like, I just, 
I've been serving people drinks out of this ice for at least two weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, and how much longer? Sh- how long has that been how there? Much, More yeah. than two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh I must God. have been the first person to actually look under that plate to see <laughs> what was under there. And I kind of wish I didn't. Obviously, I'm glad I did because I'm not trying to kill anybody. But By the way, bad design flaw, right? Like, yeah, can we it's just, so dumb. Who, who designs a... Ice well with a removable plate that doesn't say you need to explicitly clean this on a regular basis. Biohazard beneath, yeah. <laughs> I also think yeah. like, look, I would rather hire a bar back making eight dollars an hour than pay for an ice bin that's quote unquote gonna keep my shit cold. Like, let's just right? keep fresh ice coming in here. At least then it's yeah. melting, draining, and it's out. But man, that's rough. And then, uh, you know, related to ice is uh, uh, ice machines. So if there's any new-ish bartenders listening to this out here, I'm just going to say right now, ice machines, If unless the company leases the machine where it's uh, maintenance and cleaned regularly by that company, someone has to do it because you bust open that filter and the filtration system and where it makes the cubes physically, it is nasty Mm. and it could get nasty and i've worked at many bars where you just pop open that lid and you look behind that and it's it's gross and ice is used for everything even though even the ice that you use to make a water or soda whatever you drink during your shift going in everybody's mouths yeah yeah and the first time i saw that early on thankfully in my career i've always just i've never forgotten that i'm like yeah ice machine clean because I'm using the ice too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's not just that you you like to keep a tidy bar and restaurant, but you're like, I don't want to be drinking a, a biohazard myself. Um, and yeah. I, I love it because some of this stuff, you know, in in a situation like that, you could have an otherwise perfectly clean bar and restaurant where they take really good care, they have really high standards. But if somebody doesn't know, oh yeah, that needs to be cleaned out. You could pop that off, and you could just scare your entire you know customer base. One is more. Yeah. And, and it's more, um, unfortunately, discreet than that because the ice will still come out clear. Beautiful and clear, yeah. But doesn't mean it's clean. Those are yeah. – that is that is a big misnomer. You get, you get clear ice and you're like, oh, it must be fine. It doesn't have any speckles in it, you know. But you need to understand it's coming out of a machine that's filtering water through mold. And, like, that yeah. is – you know <laughs> – it's just it's a, it's a worst case scenario. I, I had a manager once say, uh, "Oh, we're just pouring booze, so the booze will kill it." <laughs> the like, booze will kill it. No, bro, <laughs> that's not how it works. That's <laughs> not how it works. Fuck. At the same time, that's I kind of like that guy. I like that he's like, "Let's get everybody's immune systems working." <laughs> you know, like a, right? That's my kind of guy. It's like, what, what about the children? <laughs> But the children love the books, <laughs> you know. Um, but Shirley Temple's tasting good now. <laughs> yeah, God damn! God damn! Um, all right. Any other health code violations before we move on to halftime? Uh, no, no. That's pretty much the worst ones I've seen. Well, fantastic, fantastic, my friend. You have been making easy work of the first half of the gauntlet. Let me tell you something though. The second half of the gauntlet, not as easy. That's when we really put the screws into you. Let's take a quick commercial <laughs> break. We're going to have a dart. We're going to have a shit. We're going to take a little halftime. I always say that. 
Well, because you have to poop and you have to smoke. I so. don't have to. Just don't. We don't have to say shit every single time we do are that. I'm sorry. Sure? I'll have a smoke. I don't care. No, I mean, listen. I, can I be honest with you? The reason I usually say that is I listen to 90% of my podcasts on the toilet. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, we're going to take a quick halftime break and we'll be right back with you, Barflies. Welcome back, Barflies. What a halftime it was. Psych! Just fucking kidding. It's still halftime. And you know why it's still halftime? Because you motherfuckers, you hit that goddamn skip button, all the fucking post-production work that Michael does for you, you hit that skip button, and you go right in the second half of the gauntlet, and you don't appreciate the wonderful executive producers that are they're putting their hard-earned money on the line to support us and bring you this unbelievable motherfucking podcast. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to the names of these special people that Mike's about to read, okay? And their drink of choice. You know why? Because they're not just barflies. They are the executive motherfucking producers for this episode. This free content that's going into your fucking ear hole right now. <laughs> so listen up. And by the way, if you do want to be an executive producer, get your name and your drink of choice, shout it out during halftime. All you got to do is leave a tip on PayPal under the Bartender Ramp Podcast at gmail.com. Mike, take it away. Yeah, that was great. I'm actually really glad we didn't write anything for that. You motherfuckers need to be listening. These people are fucking bringing the show to you. All right. First of all, we got Big Daddy Mike with his 7 and 7 and Maraschino Cherry. Uh, not a very manly drink, but a manly man. Uh, we also have Chandler. And why don't I have her fucking thing here? What was her goddamn drink? Chandler, I am so sorry. We're going to have to re-record this at some time. Chandler, heard card game. She's been a huge supporter of the show for the longest time. For some reason, I don't have her drink written down. Oh, fucking brass monkey. That funky monkey. That's what it is. All right. Then we there got Leah go. Grace. Leah Grace from the infamous uh, Vegas bar crawl. Uh, Leah Grace, the old fashioned. What a fucking gem that woman is. We had such a great huge time supportive. with her. She, is, so she has truly been a huge supporter and just a wonderful person. We can't wait to see her again the next time we're we're in uh, when, in Vegas. Then we got Brandon from the bartenders, uh, Daiquiri and car bombs. He didn't want us to say car bombs because of PC bullshit. Steve and I say, fuck that PC bullshit. Blow it up. Car bombs, motherfucker. But of course, the daiquiri in the coupe glass. Brandon's also, one of Brandon's favorite. Also, Brandon, I'm sorry we had a Florida State girl on the show. Okay. <laughs> and then we got uh, Leo Lodge from Paris. Well, he's not from Paris. He's from Brazil. But Paris, France is where he's currently staying. He likes to enjoy himself a nice grasshopper. Leo has also been a great supporter of the show, and we really, really appreciate that. Then we got the one and only Javier, again from the infamous Vegas bar run, uh, bar crawl, and Dactyl oh, Death. Daiquiri, we know exactly what Javier's drinking. Um, and yeah, I'd actually like to have another one of those because that fucking Dr. Bird really kicks your ass. And then last but not least, we got Regina Grace, who we're going to be getting to see here in September in Baltimore in person and finally get her on the show. Once again, has been a huge supporter, huge listener of the show. Um, and we love her, even though her drink of choice is a draft netty light and a hot malort in a shit. You're a bad person. Blue. I don't care what, what Mike says. But I don't care we're what Mike have says to about you. This. You're a bad person. We're gonna have to all... drink this in September. So I don't I don't hopefully I like it. I don't know. If you bring Malort to my home, I will lock you up. <laughs> um but 
seriously guys thank you thank you so much all of you for listening along we love doing this podcast it's so much fun but seriously thank these people they're they're actually helping us and and a little bit goes a long way you know it helps us pay for our subscriptions if you guys want to get your name on an episode you can join our patreon or you can just drop drop us a buck or two on our uh, gmail account but either way we just appreciate appreciate you listening and we just want to keep fucking doing the show because it's too much goddamn fun no doubt okay. now pinch <laughs> off those shits finish up those darts Refresh those drinks, and now back to the show. Welcome back, Barflies. I would say what halftime it was, but Michael made me feel self-conscious about it. So, <laughs> you know, like, I took a big old fat shit. How, no, how I, tried your, how your I tried to poop, but I couldn't. I tried to poop, but I couldn't. My, my sphincter... Got shot. See, and then he talked yeah, about like, your I've got a sphincter. Sh- I got a shy sphincter. Can you Say imagine that, people Mike, trying to enjoy their day and Mike, having to listen to you talk really about your sphincter? Mike, I want you to do me a favor. Say shy sphincter five times fast. Shy sphincter. Shy. Am I even saying sphincter? Is it sphincter? It's not sphincter. sphincter. <laughs> Go ahead. Shy sphincter, shy sphincter, shy sphincter, shy sphincter, shy sphincter. You sound like a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Is there a trick? To the, all right, all right, all right. Let's let's keep nine. Going. Let's keep going. Here. All right. Anyway, Ridiculous. now that we've been generally offensive, um, no halftime is over. We're back into the show, Chad. We've had a ton of fun with you up until this point, but like I said, the second half of the gauntlet is where it gets a little tough, and we're gonna put the screws in you. Before we get into question number six, I have a very very important opening question for you. Ranch or blue cheese, Chad Brown? So I'll give you my real answer. I like you, both. Wait, wait, no, hey, what do you mean? Real? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. I had, I like both. It depends. Pizza, hot wings, you know. Yeah. Blue cheese so, with the, so the real test is wings. What do you, what do you get when you, when you order wings? Blue cheese with wings. Yeah. And I love some blue cheese crumbles on a burger. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, I'll have to confess um, I haven't used this platform at all, so I didn't really know how to upload my own uh, background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to have a bottle of Hidden Valley Ranch in the background. And I had this whole rant where I was going to say, we are the elitist <laughs> ranches forever. Blue cheese will never win. <laughs> what? We are the best. But I couldn't figure it out because I'm not very tax savvy. Or tech savvy. Oh, that would have been it. absolutely oh. savvy. Um, if only. Steve and I so, would have been absolutely yeah. floored. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I wouldn't have really known how to continue. The show may have ended right there. You know, I would have so been like, no. They've infiltrated Googling the wall. They breached the walls. Yeah, can, you, can you show us the image you were going to use? Well, I was trying to airdrop to my uh, laptop, but um, it wasn't working. So I guess I'll just. It's right. Steve and I have used this system for a long time and we still can't figure it out. So <laughs> we're also going to get rid of this punk ass, bitch ass stream yard soon enough. It was just going to be uh, <laughs> oh, just a massive <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch bottle. That's great. That's great. But um, both, honestly. My oh, God, that yeah. would have been it. That would have been surreal. <laughs> yeah, right. I wouldn't know. Like I wouldn't military know music playing in the background, right? Just like a bunch of me's marching in the back. <laughs> ranch, ranch, ranch. 
That's like great. those old Russian that. propaganda films. Stalin yeah. is the greatest <laughs> ranch in the world. <laughs> like I've, I've heard yeah. you, you know, you want to snuff out all these ranch elitists. And I'm like, how yeah, funny it would be if I, if I came out like a ranch elitist. Just, it has to happen. Look, <laughs> look, I, you know, I, I was born. I was put on planet earth for a few different things. And one of them happens to be like, do you remember that? Do you remember that um, show that came out on HBO right before the pandemic? It was with Al Pacino and I'm pretty sure it was called Nazi hunters. Do you remember that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. It was Al Pacino and it's based on the true story of these investigative um, uh, detectives post-World War II now and post-Nuremberg trials, where after the Nuremberg trials, they realized from the information that they learned from all these high-ranking Nazi officials that actually got tried, that there, there were Nazis all over the world that escaped to these other countries, particularly South America and Argentina and Peru and places like that, that needed to be hunted down. And so this show on HBO was kind of like, the, the story behind the group that started in the investigative process behind where did they go, who are they posing as, and, and, who, and, and who are they, right? And so I want to do that, but with the Rangelinas. God, I was going to say, this is getting dark, Steve. <laughs> they, they need to be rooted out. They need to we be will find you. You could, hey. you could do it like uh, Chris Hansen to catch a predator style yes. and like lure them to a house for like a ranch party. Are you here to put ranch on that? Why don't you have a seat? Are you here to put ranch on that? Why don't you have a seat right there? Yeah. yeah bring <laughs> your homemade ranch to my party. Have a seat. Have a seat. You want a seat? Have a seat. Okay. Why are you carrying two Hidden Valley ranches in your back pockets of your jeans there, buddy? Does it? Are you having trouble sitting down? I bet you are. I bet you are. All right. Uh, send me your address. I'll send you a bottle of ranch. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Um, all right. Question number six, ratchet and crazy customers. Now, we want to hear about when customers – oh, sorry. Hold on. There's that bell. Yep. We said we're gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna get a custom hat with that bell on the brim, so he yeah, can I just am. reach up and. and <laughs> All right, ratchet quit, quit and crazy <laughs> customers. Now, this is when customers are popping off. They're acting a fool, but we have expanded this category from just wild and crazy behavior to what else, Michael? Yeah, to also memorable customers because there are sometimes people that you meet that you have an interaction with that you know it's really special and something that you'll never forget and we want to highlight those people too we don't want to just focus on the negative parts of the industry correct yeah totally um so i mean again been in this uh industry for so long i've worked anywhere from like dive bars to nightclubs so like i've seen my fair share of like just ratchet drunk customers um uh, quick, quick note. Uh, there was this girl who used to come. I used to work far back at a nightclub, and uh, I would always work at this one bartender who seemed to always get the girls' numbers. And this chick came like every Friday. I don't know what the fuck the problem was, but she'd always come and flash her tits for a free drink. And this bartender gave it to her. So as a bar back, I'm like, yeah, this is dope. I'm gonna see tits every Friday, pretty much. <laughs> Look at that ship, right? Yeah, you ever I'm like, say, I'm like, you ever say you're watched by? It? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, bro, is your girl coming in or what? No. Um, so I mean, yeah. For, anyways, fair share of ratchet customers. Um, God, there's been so many, but you know, there was a uh, 
I'm not blanking on his name. There was this older gentleman that I worked or that came into my work uh, who was like an artist. So he always like drew the bartender who over serving oh, wow, for that cool. day. I love that. I love those um, Yeah. And he like, he pretty much did like the whole staff. And That's then, a like, thing, by the way. Can we, sorry, r- quick tangent. Yeah. Those people are a thing. Like mm-hmm. every bar has that guy that when he comes, he has one drink and just like doodles people. Yeah, and he was so he would like do it so fast, it. and it would it'd be so good, and like so like one day like I knew he came in for many many months, did everybody else except me, and then one day he did me, and I'm like, oh, now I'm part of the group. I mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> Thank you. And he gave so, every, you know. he gave everybody the doodle. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we like we stuck them on. Uh, oh we man, this, that's like, awesome. Part of the wall that we'd stick those doodles on, and like all these Polaroid pictures of the staff. Do you do you remember what his drink was by chance? Uh, you know, he used to order uh, just a beer for me. I think at the time it was Olympia. Um, Ooh, that's a cool beer. Yeah, doesn't doesn't exist, by the way. Uh, yeah. at least not in California. But they're a Seattle brew, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, they haven't. I don't. As far as I know, they haven't produced beer in a, in a couple of years. Uh, they're I local they only. They're local only now. Um, I went. I was yeah. out in Seattle maybe a year or two back, and um, they're. There are uh, only local distribution. They don't have any um, national distribution now at all, which is yeah. it's sad. But yeah, but uh, yeah. So we when we had Olympia, that's what he would drink, and he would just doodle. He'd only have like two or three beers and doodle and be on his way. So that's that. actually probably the most recent memorable customer. Um, you know, I've had a lot of great regulars in the past and, and stuff like that that you know tip me well, take care of me. Mm-hmm invite me on their boat, which I never went to because I actually don't like people. But, uh, <laughs> yes. I can't imagine what it's like to hang out with us for a couple hours, right? Um, let me, let I love me you ask, guys. Well, let me, let me ask you this, right? Because I think, I think you've hit on something that's really interesting and something we haven't talked about enough on the show. A lot of our memorable custom, customers are intentional, right? Like um, we recently had uh, – we recently had Rob does it all on the show. And Rob told us this amazing story about a bar he worked at in, I, I want to say it was Corvallis, Oregon, where he was working at this brewery and he had these regulars. And then like a year after he had these regulars where he didn't even work there anymore. They came back to give him a gift on his birthday, right? Like, they made oh uh, he was selling cars or something like that right yeah, right yeah. right he made this specific yeah. trip to come and see they, they made a specific trip to come and see him on his birthday to give him this gift this big growler mm-hmm. and he doesn't even work there anymore he's not even in the bar business and they make this beautiful decision to be like you know what we're gonna find out where he does work and we're gonna go on down the road and we're gonna hunt him down and that was like this moment where it's like these special customers were really wanted to make him feel special right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times on the show, we hear about these memorable customers that were, that are super intentional. Right. Yeah. And, and I, this is the first time we've ever had a a memorable customer that is unintentional. This guy loves drawing. He loves doodling. He doesn't matter who you are behind the bar. You could be Chad. You could be a million other names. You could be a guy that works there for a week. You could be a, a guy that works there for five years, but for him, it's just a muse, right? It's somebody that inspires him in that moment to draw something beautiful. But for yeah. you as a bartender, 
it legitimizes you. I mean, you said it. You were like, man, you know, I felt like he finally drew me. Like I was yeah, part was, of this. It was crazy. I was part of the I was part of the zeitgeist of this like, bar. I finally ever, got to hang like, it up. Like there's a worker there that he doesn't like, so he never draws them. Maybe. <laughs> you know, honestly, for like a second, I thought that was me, yes. but then he finally <laughs> drew me one day, and I'm like, "All right, you actually like me." I can kind of get, it kind of fuck with your head a little bit. It's like, why is he yeah. drawing me? It's like and it sounds so silly because I've like I've been, you know, the the bar I worked at a lot of the times it'd be two bartenders, uh, and they would always draw. He would always draw the other bartender, and then one day it was a single single shift, just me and. He drew me, so I was like, "Thanks, bro." This <laughs> this brings and this brings me to my question because, believe it or not, despite my general raving and ranting, there is a question hidden in here. Um, I have to imagine uh, that you, the way you've described this, there was a certain status with this bar. How long had you been there? What was this bar to you like? You know, had, uh, you, had you been there a month, uh, two months, six months, a year? Like, what did it well, take so, to get to that point? So, actually, uh, it was the same owners as the Shady Lady. They opened their second bar. Um, and, you know, I, I pretty much worked there from, this, from the jump. I got, I got moved over there from Shady to, this, to run this bar. after. You were there from months. the moment they opened? Pretty much, yeah. So there's this um, thing in the back of your head saying, <laughs> when is this mother, this motherfucker is drawing everybody else. Right. I've been no, here yeah. since day one. <laughs> I opened this literally. Story. Yeah. Literally. Man. I was like, there, there was a point where I'm like, and usually, I mean, I'm a nice bartender. I really don't give crap if like people are nice to me or not. As far as like regular status. Cause you know, everybody, like everyone has their bartender. You know what I mean? Everyone likes to come in to see a certain person. And that was kind of okay that he didn't like come in to see me specifically, mm. but you know, then the moment happened and I was like, Oh, now I know how it feels. <laughs> Look yeah, at exactly. this drawing with me. Included. And, <laughs> so. and that's exactly why we had to expand this category because we love the ratchet yeah. crazy customers, but those little moments, those little customer interactions, it, it's just telling <clears throat> of the bartending that the service industry experience and how those people yeah. do form a, a special little connection with them. And that, I really like that now really quick back to the titties. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm just curious, like how do you know at all? Like, how did this go down? Did, did this girl uh, in, in the, in the sense, the question that I'm asking is, do you think it was ever discussed or did it just kind of happen and it just became an unspoken agreement that I'll come in, I'll show you my tits and then I'm going to get, you know, I'm you get even think that they adjudicated how many drinks, like yeah, exactly. one drink per titty or like, <laughs> like three vodka sodas for two titties. Like a did deal, she ever come know, up and flash her tits again? And he's like, no, no, only one a night, you know, <laughs> you know, that's, that's funny. Cause, um, Again, I, you know, it's just bar back. So I was like, for the most part, just keeping my head down, trying to fucking stock beer and ice and stuff. And, you know, um, this guy, this guy bartender, he's been doing it for a few years at this specific spot in this like nightclub, which is always packed every night, which uh, I'll come back to it. But there's a King's reference to this specific nightclub back in the day. Uh, and I just witnessed it one night. I was fairly new. And, you know, I saw it happen. He gave a drink. I didn't see payment happen. 
And so I asked him, I'm like, do you oh, know you her? Did, but... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> not current, not currency. <laughs> not legal it, tender, it, so to speak. Well, it's legal it was the new, it life. was the new, it was the Bitcoin before Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure uh, it was. The Titcoin. The Titcoin. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin. I yeah. Bitcoin. Oh my God, Mike, every now and then. Every now and then you bring in a comment and I love you all He's, over again. You yeah. set me up, man. God so, damn it. Yeah, Bitcoin. Uh, uh, I asked him and he's like, I don't know. She just started doing it and she's here like every weekend. So I usually give her a free drink or two. And I'm like, I want to be a bartender now. Although I never got that kind of tip. I mean, I've seen tips of the bar since, but you know, it wasn't like at me or uh, for a drink or nothing. It wasn't a well, trade. Yeah. But. Well, and the way you described this guy too, you were like, he always got the numbers. I don't really know how. I mean, was this guy like? Was he not very attractive, or was he kind of a jerk? I mean, is there a reason why you didn't think that he deserved to get those numbers? Uh, I was probably jealous. I mean, I was just bar backing, you know. And he—he's uh, the bartender. You're the bar back. The exactly. Does, he was yeah. kind of a dick to me. Which now, yeah. fuck that career, guy. Yeah. Now in my career, I'm like, I get it. But mm -hmm. then I'm like, why is this guy so mean to me? He's so commanding. But like. I have the same kind of style. I'm not a dick, but I'm like, you know, you got to go through the ropes if you're a bar back trying to be mm -hmm. a bartender. Yeah. Also, gotta... you you can't I I mean this in the nicest way, right? Like if I'm a bartender training another bartender like a coworker, I I'm going to be more nuanced, right? Like I'm going to be more yeah. specific about what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, and I'm going to be more I wouldn't use the word patient, but I would be I would use the word more specific, right? I'm going to be detailed in that. Correct. If I am a bartender training a barback, and they don't make barbacks anymore, by the way, it's 2023. They, barbacks yeah, don't they don't make them okay. like they used no, to. No, no, no. It <laughs> has nothing to say. I'm not saying that there aren't barbacks anymore, but they don't. I'm sorry. Barbacks don't exist. Human beings yeah. that can barback at a high level don't exist. It's not a thing. Yeah, because they're anyway. all fucking bartenders. <laughs> no, they're yeah, not bartenders. They, they get promoted. No, they're not bartenders. They're they're in a different industry, or they, you know, we've lost that in this industry. And you know that's what? If you're listening to this episode right now, I somebody want, can if, rant if, about. If you if you have a great barback that you want to shout out, Morgan, it was said comment on the episode description. Please do, please and, do, and we'll, and we'll give them a little shout because out. they're one in a million. They're like a unicorn. If you can find them, capture them, and call the fucking local <laughs> science board because we need to study that. Community, okay, I'm telling you, there is not a 18 year old kid that knows how to run fucking trash ice and beer like they used to it, it's not a yeah. thing anymore anyway the point is if i'm training somebody like that <laughs> it needs to be rudimentary you have a different job than me you have a very clear end goal and it's to make me be more efficient now yeah. i can be i can be nice to you or i can't but if you don't understand that day one we can't get along now i've loved barbacks and i've hated barbacks but Every single time I've loved them, it's because they've gotten that equation day one, and I've hated them because they haven't. And, and I'm sorry. Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty benevolent when, like, like to the people I work with. I love them. I care about them. I'm gonna invest in them. But dude, if you can't get the math early on, then I'm sorry. Like, we're we're just not meant. We're not meant yeah. to be a pair. Yeah. You know. I, yeah, and you know it. Be very direct, but you're not trying to be a dick, but mm -hmm. just like, I need this now. 
Mm-hmm. Some nowadays, to your point, so you that is like, literally your job. Oh, well, well, yeah, but so you're mean to me. I'm like, no, I was just telling what I needed at that moment. Like, but that's exactly. Hold like on, that's this, a yeah. great. That's a great way to pin. <laughs> that's a great way, Chad, to pinpoint what I'm saying. Your literal job is to get me what I need now. Yeah, you're like the yeah. bartender sidekick. You're you're the, the exactly the superhero you have sidekick. To. Yeah, your yeah. entire job they, is, and if you're not excited even, about even, that, <laughs> if you're not thrilled to be the guy that can get me what I need now, then you're not the guy I need to be behind the bar with me. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I can right? just, I can just see the bartender, uh, you know, after he's running you a pretty rough, uh, you know, just one day when she, she, you know, bears those those beautiful sweater puppies as Steve has said before. Uh, he just, he just takes you, you know, by the shoulder. He's like, one day, all that the club lights touch will be yours. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Except that dark spot in the corner there. <laughs> uh, just to like circle back real quick, and I guess Steve, you appreciate this. Uh, so when Ron Artest was on the Sacramento Kings, yes, uh, the night the nightclub I worked at is uh, <laughs> it's where he caught his um, uh, his charge for punching somebody yep. down the stairs. Yep. That was the nightclub I worked at when I wasn't really? there. That I wasn't there that night when it happened. You were working there at there the time. At the time. Yeah, so, so a week later, little... I think it's a week or two weeks later, he changed his name to Meta World Peace. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really? he, tried to get, he tried to like change his name. Yeah, he really. Everybody so, knows. Ron Artest. <laughs> that doesn't a, work. Amazing world champion <laughs> basketball player who struggled, by the way, openly with mental health for a long, long time. Some se- severe bipolar tendencies mm-hmm. and has actually become a pretty strong advocate for the cause in his retirement at the time. As NBA fans, we were all like, um, "Is Ron Artest going to kill somebody on the court?" Right? Like, we are, we are very concerned. <laughs> this guy is volatile, right? And we've all been oh, watching. Yes. We've all been watching Rasheed Wallace for the last ten years, and we don't know the fuck is going on. We don't know the fuck how bad this is going to get, right? And then all of a sudden, fucking here comes here comes Ron Artest, right? And oh my god. I, yeah, I love. Sorry, I, love I didn't mean both. to like sidetrack us. No, I could, I, well, that's, I, that's, I that's why it's so could, easy for these episodes to run long. And we, yeah. Steve and I, have even implemented the bell and stuff to try and keep it moving. But sometimes you, it's like I don't. I'm sorry, like, but I don't want to stop the conversation to just for the sake of shortening the episode. Now, yeah, David, say, now, David Mulvars, that one went a little too far. We we just Fair recently enough. recorded we our first four-hour episode. To talk, we don't need to talk about mid 2000s post Shaq Lakers. We don't need to do right. that right now. So let's talk about question number seven. Sweet. Sorry. Fights, arrests, and fires. Now, Chad, here's what we want to understand really with this question. When shit pops off, what are people made of? So look. The restaurant business gets volatile, right? We know shit happens. Occasionally a hood vent will catch on fire. A whole restaurant will catch on fire. The police get called. Somebody breaks out a fight. What I want to know is what happens in those moments and what the restaurant staff is made of. Are the managers up to snuff? Did they have the fucking bones to handle it? Okay. So out of all the gauntless questions... This is the ones when I was, you know, answering them out loud to myself. Mm-hmm. This is the one where I was most excited because this by far is probably the craziest thing I've been involved in in my 20 plus years in this restaurant industry ever. So <clears throat> set the scene real fast. I used to, wear a, used to work at the Hard Rock Cafe, corporate, I don't care, call them out. 
there was one downtown. Uh, it's where the Golden Glen Center is now. Um, so we used to work there. Our, the parking garage was underground. Can you, can you believe this, Chad? Steve's stepping away after you said this is the best story of your where career. Where is he going? I don't know. Just That's just rude. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Should we I, 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 I honestly, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about Steve for a second. So, <laughs> hey, Steve no, seems I'm, like a pretty cool guy. No, I'm kidding. I love Steve to death. I'm so <laughs> glad he asked me to do this podcast with him. I really am. Uh, is he a though, fellow baldy? Is he bald he, like Oh, me? yeah. Yeah. Steve, pop that. I don't know why you left right there. Wow. We, we, we had to pause Let's the story because he just said. No, show no, no. I told you. I told you to keep going. No, we want you to hear the setup. He said this is like the story. Pop that hat off so he can see your bald head real quick. Please, <laughs> yeah, take it off, baby. That's right. Yeah, slower, like, I'm slower, actually, slower. I've lost my hair. I don't know. Stress, maybe. Yeah. Steve's yeah. lost. Uh, pa- hey, look at that! Look at that go. beautiful cue ball. There don't be ashamed. Is. I usually wear a hat too, so don't worry about it. And I have to wear my headphones hey. like this. You know why? Because you guys are so fucking loud. I know that I'm literally losing my. You, you look like a. You, you look like a popular SoundCloud rapper right now. Yeah, do I look like a popular SoundCloud <laughs> rapper? I fucking hate. I don't even know what SoundCloud is. Uh, so right, anyway, well, we we had to pause because he said that this is one of his the, the most right, excited that he's been. I, I'm terribly sorry. Please can right. please start good. over. It's all good. Just saying, one of the craziest moments I've had in my restaurant career. Uh, I worked at the Hard Rock Cafe, which used to be connected to uh, a mall downtown Sacramento. So uh, a lot of parking was underground in the garage. So we had this problem where uh, employees' cars were getting broken into. It's been going on for months, yada, yada. And then so one day a server comes running in. It's like, I caught the guys who broke into my car. Like they're right over there wearing like the guy was wearing my glasses. He has like a backpack. Like, what the fuck are we going to do about this? Me, a cook, my manager, and another server go confront these guys. You know? Wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Yep. Hold on, hold on. I have a couple questions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Already. Yes. So first off, there have been like a string of break-ins. Like everybody's getting their shit broken. String out. of break-ins. Yes. Okay. Number two. This person sees the culprit's but does not confront, says, I need backup. Yep. Right. Okay. So he runs into the restaurant and apparently she. It, 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 she. And apparently it must be kind of slow because everybody can take a break <laughs> to go Got deal it. with it. Okay. It, was, it was daytime. It yeah. was daytime. Middle of the day, she runs in. I've seen the guys that have been robbing all of our cars. Yes. Okay. So what happens from there? So uh, she... She pretty much confronts the the manager, and he was like, points to me, points to a cook who just happened to be like off the line at the time, like just chit chatting it up. So there's about four or five of us, and so my manager, we all go out the front, and confirms with the server like that's your backpack and your sunglasses, and she's like, yes, dead on, like that my shit. So we go confront them, and they start giving us slack. We're all talking shit to each other, you know, pre-fight stuff. We're talking yeah. shit. My manager's talking shit. Like, they're trying to deny it. The server is, like, confirming, like, that's 100% my backpack, yada, yada. Those are ladies' stuff. sunglasses on your face, sir. They literally were. They literally were. 
And so, like I said, one of the cooks was out there with us and I'm kind of looking around and I look at him and he looks at me and then he just goes and socks one of the guys and then it's on. We literally had like a five on five brawl. Straight up in a parking garage? Well, this is like, I know you don't know Sacramento, but this is K Street and 7th Street. Like, it's a great. Oh, right out but in the dude, strip. Right, pretty much in front of the oh, fucking shit. restaurant. <laughs> we're, so, like, I, I look over him. He socks this guy. I look over. My manager is taking on two of the guys. And I'm like, you know, a, a fight or flight, I'll fight. But I didn't, like, it happened so fast. I'm like, what the fuck? And this guy comes up to me. He takes a swing. I, like, kind of just wrap him up and, like, you know, get my blows in. My manager again is like taking on two of the guys and like we we're all scrapping for like maybe a good 30, 40 seconds, not too long. We push off. They usually run away or eventually run away. And I asked the cook guy, you know, his name was Joe, for example. And I'm like, dude, why why'd you throw the first punch? Like we could have handled it a different way. He's like, he flashed a gun. I went off. I didn't want to take the chance. So I just hit him. Wow. <laughs> like, holy shit. Wait, what? Jesus yeah. Christ. Because, you know, like, you know, the beginning of fights where, like, the two parties or whatever just talking yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, Puffing your chest. Facing up. Yeah, Facing yeah up. puffing your chest. And that's kind of like, I was there for backup. I didn't want to fight, but whatever. Yeah, and you're not getting thing, paid to fucking to exactly. go into, you know, enact street <laughs> justice for God's sake. <laughs> the next thing I know, the cook's, like, swinging. And I'm like, holy shit, I guess it's on now. Uh, but yeah, apparently he said the guy flashed a gun at him, and wow. he just wanted to yeah, not yeah. do that. So mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, that's my story. So did you so guys did get was... the backpack back? Yeah, that's my question. We got we got the backpack. And nice. The Fuck yeah. yeah. Out of all that scrapping, we got the stuff back. But, so some street justice certainly was served hot. Street justice <laughs> served hot. That was for sure. But that's yeah, definitely but... like. The craziest shit I've been involved in. My in life. God! What other what other job? If my boss, now granted, my boss is my father, so but if my boss <laughs> at any other job came in and was like, "We got to go," you know, possibly fight this group of guys, I'd be like, "Fuck you!" Like, no, I'm not. I'm not seeing a bonus for that. Absolutely not. Go call the fucking police. That's what they're there for. So that's I, re- a real- I really, I admire, respect you guys for going out there and handling the situation. My, my, the that's best real- thing is, is. Imagine four or five dudes in Hard Rock Cafe uniforms with pins on their fucking shirt, <laughs> <laughs> like serving justice to these hoodlums who are like stealing shit out wait, of wait, the wait, 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 wait. This is your shirt that weighs you down 20 pounds. You should have taken it off yes. and started swinging. Not an ideal, out, right? It's not an ideal shirt to fight in. I mean, you should yeah. use it. As, Mike's right. You should use it as like a medieval mace sort of weapon. Exactly. But like, <laughs> take the pins out and start sticking now, them with the point. I, I, I will say this. I will say this. If you guys are freelance, if you're for hire, um, people have been really breaking in a lot of cars in our neighborhood, and I am sick of it. So if you if you had, if you got some free time, you want to come out here and swing some fucking pin covered fucking garments right. at some of these yeah. hoodlums. I mean, it's getting well, it's, out. It's getting out of control on these streets out here. I mean, the same. Like it was unfortunate. Like the mall security wasn't doing shit. Like. No, no one broke into my car, but they mangled all my like door locks. Where I, Try, like, trying to break fucking, into it, really? Like in like wow. a couple of people like like a crowbar or something. Jesus. Yeah, and like it, it's attached to a mall. The security wasn't doing shit, so like we all kind of had that moment where we're like, "Fuck this, we're gonna do some street." It was it was kind of personal for you guys too. Oh, you, know? you yeah. guys. Oh, hold on. 
So you guys had gotten to a point where, like, you were exhausted. Enough was enough. Yeah, it's been like the pent the pent the pent up frustration that that led to this particular moment of street justice is yeah is palpable. This wasn't this wasn't the Warriors movie where we just wanted to like, claim our turf, but you know, it. Okay. <laughs> it got to that point where like. You have fucked honestly, with us one too many times. No, but I, yeah, and again, I'm not like a fighter, but I'll defend if I need to. But like my managers, like just follow me, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then am I'm I allowed like, to? Oh shit! Allowed, this is what we're doing. <laughs> am I allowed to put my hat back on now? Yeah, I'm. I'm you so can. glad too that you you painted the picture of you guys all wearing your hard rock outfits with these shiny <laughs> little hilarious. pins on and just wailing with these guys out <laughs> on the street. That's incredible. Um, at just uh, after, after the fight, was there any um, effect on the, the cars uh, being broken into? Did it continue? Did it stop or, uh, you know, I, I think it slowed down, mm-hmm. but um, you know, but like, I think not even six months after that, that, that hard rock location closed down. So really, I guess, I guess it didn't really like that whole, it used to be the whole mall where the whole, uh, and where is this? This is in, this is in Sacramento. Any particular? So the arena, golden one center arena, that's where it is now. So they tore the whole thing down and like, Oh, and built built golden one center. Nice. But yeah, back in the day, it was a mall with, I I love it because I I imagine it was it was probably it could have been just those guys, but I would imagine that it was probably a bigger group of people that were doing that. And praying praying on the mall, yeah, for sure. They they had to they had to go back to their buddies and be like, "Man, if you're if you're going down there, watch out for those guys from the the Hard Rock, man. They (laughs) They rock hard. Yeah, they will fuck you up, dude. Yeah, they come out in force. That's a whole. I would hope so. That's a a real team. That's a team. I would hope so. You guys should have got no, like a little yeah. uh, sheriff deputy deputy badge to put on your your yeah, uniforms like, after oh, that. <laughs> the fight, the fight day, the day we fought off the fucking burglars. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! That would have been worth See, money. This is why people need to tip their fucking servers and stuff well, because you never know what yeah. they're having, what their manager is coming up and asking them to do when you're not there. I need you to come be a UFC fighter for the next 20 minutes, please. Um, no, seriously. Like I had more, like I liked the manager who was at the time. I loved him. He was great. Uh, but dude, I like got some respect for him. He was literally taking on two dudes at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, bro. You can scrap. <laughs> yeah, you, nice. you, if you, if you, if you ever didn't treat him with any respect, I'm sure after that you did. Yeah, right? that's what yeah. I was just gonna say. Isn't, yes, it, sir. isn't it? Isn't it amazing how a fight or a rest or a fire can take somebody who you maybe don't respect or don't respect enough? And you're like, okay, okay, I'll see you yeah. now. I'll see you now. I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> You I know won't what? Call the, in ne- late. <laughs> the, the next time you give me a scheduling conflict, I'm going to be deferential. Uh, <laughs> all right. Question number eight. God, you're having a hard time with that bell, buddy. <laughs> there it is. Bar hazing. Oh, sorry. Question number eight sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm not a good reader. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now, Chad, this is our favorite category for the whole gauntlet. Not even a question. Mike and I love this category because when he and I used to work together at the diner, we loved to fucking. What are you? Your brain is messed up, buddy. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
Oh, I just started out with Barhaven. Oh my God, my brain is messed up. So Jesus. sex stories. So as you tired. know from listening to the show, originally this was just sex stories because there's a lot of friction. Thank you know, you. you know, obviously there's customers coming in, especially in the nightclub scene. People are going out a lot of the times to get drunk and get laid. Um, but especially in any bar or restaurant, you're moving around, you're you're in close quarters, you're bumping up against people, and the, there can be a lot of friction. But we found that we had to expand this category because the the nightlife scene, the the bar scene also, you know, just seems to also have a lot of, you know, different partying and drugs and rock and roll that gravitate gravitate to it. So gravitate, gravitate. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that we uh, allowed some space in this question to talk about those stories as well. So what do you got for us? Yeah, again, uh, you know, I've been in this industry a long time, so I've definitely seen uh, a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, never been involved myself. I'm a saint. <laughs> yeah, never exactly. Like that. Uh, no, um, you know, actually, kind of recently, uh, maybe in the past like five, six years, of the certain bars I worked at, I've never really been exposed to like certain hard drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the ones you usually do that. Uh, so that was kind of interesting to see because I've never really been able to tell when someone was actually on that substance or not. But um, I worked at this place and, you know, a lot of the bartenders at night that I worked with, you know, seemed to be really cheery and really fast. And I'm like, what is going on? And then someone exposed me to it. They're like, oh, we're all doing coke right now. <laughs> like, we're all tuned up. I've never done. You know, I, I don't really mess with that stuff. I'm just like an alcohol and, and weed guy. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, so a couple of years working these night shifts, five days a week, uh, there was this one time where um, I couldn't find my manager. I needed a certain bottle for my well to like restock at the time. It was busy, like we're four deep. So I go back to the office, I pop pop open the door uh, and it's him and two girls and he's doing bumps off titties. Nice. I'm like, Oh, can I get a bottle of whiskey or whatever the fuck it was, whatever I needed? <laughs> it was kind of like, like he's like, yeah, yeah. you want to do a bump first or? <laughs> no, of course they always ask you that, right? And I'm like, no, I'm bump, good. Right? I just I just need the whiskey, and it was just like, okay, give me the whiskey, and I'm out. I'm like, is is that what's going on now? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you start to question. You're like, yeah, how how much has this happened before? And I just never saw it, you know? No, totally, yeah, and so. Uh, at the time I like, I was only a year in and working for this company. And like, so I kind of asked other bartenders who I knew, uh, who had been there longer than me. They're like, Oh yeah. The fucking office. Like that's where everything goes down. Like you want to do this and that go to the office. This and this happened at the office, you know, him and her fucked in the office. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just too innocent. I don't know. My fair share of trouble, you know, growing up, but like, but it's it's always it, what's always so fascinating to me is this. I've been involved with degenerate bar operations, like from top to bottom, right? Like you meet the owner, you meet the manager, and you're like, "This person is a drug addict," right? <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, "I don't know how we're gonna beat any of our health and hygiene code test. I don't know how we're gonna get to tomorrow. Who's doing the ordering?" Right. Like you you're involved in operations like that. It it makes more sense. Right. Like you're almost the debauchery is around the corner 
because of the environment. But then the crazy thing about this business is you get involved with some group that's legit, right? Top to bottom, does it by the book, got all their T's crossed, their I's dotted. You know, they have a uniform company. They have, they hire only people with a LinkedIn account. You know, like it's fucking, it's crazy. You know, their executive chef worked at a restaurant in France. And then the next thing you know, the same sort of act, bad behavior. And we can adjudicate if it's bad or if it's not bad, but the same sort of ridiculous behavior is happening behind the scenes. There's no difference yeah. between those two restaurants, right? Right. Yeah. And that's what's amazing. And that's when you you if you've uh if you've been in it as long as maybe I have or maybe as you have Chad and you've been in both of those sorts of environments, what becomes a um unique is you're like, "Whoa, it's way more the industry and the environment than anything else. It has nothing to do with the money. It has nothing to do yeah, with the professionalism." Yeah, well, the money the money just hides it a little bit better. That's all it is. Yeah, but also, like, you know, drugs are expensive. So I've been told. So I'd be, Well, yeah. that's the thing. They might do better <laughs> drugs <laughs> or more of them at a higher level. I don't know. Right. It's it, it, it's fascinating, though, when you talk. No, it's them. true. It's true. Because before I worked at the spot, like, you know, I would, I would take a break and smoke some weed and, like, we would drink on the job a little bit. Sure, sure. Just, at the time, to me, it was like, oh, you know, breaking the rules. It's like it's this. also like a here and there, right? Like I'm not, I'm yeah, not, I'm not fucking, I'm not getting fucked up. I'm just like whatever, yeah, right. And then I get to this spot that has like, to me, in, in my eyes, it was like, oh, this spot's elevated. Like they're doing legit shit, right? And come to find out, they're doing even harder drugs and harder, <laughs> harder than I did going, <laughs> to keep it going. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Because of the pressure, because of the intensity, because of what's being yeah. asked of them, because of the shift times, the shift hours. Yeah. It, it's it's insane how the commonality is this wild behavior, right? No matter what the environment it is. That's Same that's stress. what fascinates yeah, me. The, the only time Same I was stress. the only time I was ever offered uh, methamphetamine was when I was uh, serving or yeah, delivering pizza. And uh, one, of, one of my coworkers offered it to me behind a Taco Bell dumpster of all places. Yeah, I had, I had, a, I had a very good. We friend. weren't doing anything behind the dumpster, by the way. We were just walking uh-huh. by. We were just uh-huh. walking by it. He's like, "Hey, come here for taking a second. out the trash, huh?" No, yeah, they he, were. <laughs> no, Chad, don't let him tell oh, you shit, wrong. Is they, that a chalupa? That no, they were. Snor- they were. They were snorting churro dust back there. <laughs> let me tell you. All right, that's that cinnamon. They were high on that cinnamon. I'm telling you. Um, all right, question number nine. Nice. Can I say it now? Hazing pranks and games, our favorite category. My God, I had a brain fart earlier. I got you a did, little buddy. bit ahead of myself. But hazing pranks and games. Um, Mike and I's favorite category because we love hearing about how people pass time. And how people fuck with each other. In the workplace. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean... The first things that came to mind were, you know, the ones that were said many, many times, you know, empty out the hot water, mm-hmm. you know, go find the left handed ladle and stuff like that. Uh, so I kind of really had to think because I've been through a lot of those. Um, but oddly enough, the, the first one that was the worst 
I don't know if it's the worst. I don't know. It was at my time at McDonald's when I was just a ripe 15 year old kid who like had to wrap hamburgers all day for six hours. Someone told me to go get the onions from the freezer. I thought that was the truth. Okay, I'll go. They locked me in. They locked me in that motherfucking freezer for a half hour. Oh, no. For a half hour? Half hour. That seems dangerous. How long did you bang on the door before you gave up? I don't know. 15 minutes, maybe. (laughs) Come to find out, McDonald's doesn't even fucking keep their onions in the freezer. They're dried and you rehydrate them with hot water these motherfuckers what's great too is they could have sent you in there for anything that was actually in the freezer because the real prank was locking you in there but they still had to pick something that was completely fictitious anyway not even in there yeah (laughs) just some some salt in there chad what if you had renault's disease what if you had what if what if you were had a heart condition you could have died paid me a lot of money then I don't know. <laughs> Not if you're dead. Not if you're dead, Chad. This is the shit, though, that with like, if you're going through a fast food drive thru, it's like, what is taking so long? Well, somebody's <laughs> fucking locked in the goddamn freezer. That's what is happening. I will say. God will damn say, it. Where's my motherfucking Big Mac? I'll tell you where it is. I'll tell you where it is. The fucking fry cook is locked in the freezer, cunt. Yeah. Stop fucking me, yelling at me. They did let me yeah. go on break for like 10 minutes right my after. God. Well, and you got a nice 30-minute so, break there, too, anyway. A little 30-minute so. break there, even though it got a little chilly. But uh, Well, the 10-minute I mean, break yeah. was just so your body temperature could get back. Exactly, you know, right? What are you talking well, like stand, about? Stand That's next not a to gift. the fries so you can get yeah. warm again. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Lay under the heat lamp that 30 minutes, 30 minutes in the freezer. Christ almighty. So, so the, this, the, this begs the question Did you ever then lock anybody in the freezer after that happened to you? I didn't because yeah. no. that was it, sucked and I was cold. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever watch the movie? Um, do you ever watch the movie? Uh, oh, damn it. What's it called with uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Oi. Hey, yo. Uh, where he is Demolition Man. You ever watch the movie oh, Demolition Dem- Man? Yes. Yeah, you ever watch the movie Demolition Man and get PTSD just uh, from the cryogenic <laughs> freezing? <laughs> that was way too much of a fucking yeah. setup for that joke, Steve. It was funny. It would have been better if it was fluid, Michael. But the only thing that's fluid is this dickle whiskey right now. Hey. Okay. There's a, are there, I, do you have the actual stones there? I actually have ice stones. Can mm. you see them? Yeah, fancy. Can you, actually, can you guys actually see them? Yeah, that's why I asked. <laughs> you fell for that trap? <laughs> Whoa, stone. bro. It was a gift. Well, that's good. <laughs> I used them once, too. <laughs> what's okay let's let's get let's get through this let's hear your beef with okay, the ice stones that was the most hurtful come on whiskey stones you seriously you're putting rocks in your whiskey bro they work dude <laughs> yeah it's on the rocks nah. it's like that scene from uh <laughs> what are you talking who, about? who who who, fra- who framed roger rabbit hold on hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> you being a straight whiskey drinker i i would have figured you could appreciate um cooling down the temperature but not diluting it with water that doesn't appeal to you? No, uh, I you know I got them as a gift too many years ago, and I tried them, and 
I'm putting rocks in my whiskey. It just didn't seem right. I'm sorry. Hey, to each their own. I'm I'm sorry. I know we just met today. Really no, it's okay. Technically, it's okay. I'm I'm just I'm a little. It's just Dad. I'm a little surprised. Rocks, physical rocks. Yes, they're square and they're shaped down. They're in your whiskey. It didn't seem right. But I'm they're sorry. cold, and they make the whiskey cold, which I he, like. He but I don't want it to be concept. diluted. Ice is cold, but it dilutes. Which is why you, Chad. That's, that's why true. you don't put that's ice true. in your whiskey, right? What about that's what true. about the? Uh, have you ever seen? Okay. Have you ever seen the plastic? The plastic ones that have liquid yeah. inside can and they, they light up? Would you? Well, They're they don't flashy. have to light up. <laughs> they can, yeah. I like it when they light up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, like a disco. Okay, question number ten. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I totally question went off. number ten. <laughs> All right, let's go. I'll take that on the rocks. Hey, I meant, where's my fucking rocks? I actually meant rocks, asshole. <laughs> Firing and quitting storage, a.k.a. Getting 86. Nice. Okay, so I kind of have two. One personal, one that I uh, had observed. So I'll go with the one that I observed first. Uh, back in my golden years of Hard Rock Cafe, when I was still serving. Um. I mean, long story short, I, I witnessed one of my fellow servers serve an underage person that was actually part of a, you know, police sting. A- ABC kind oh, of thing, no. yeah. ABC sting. So, like, it was a did whole... You know, did you know as it was happening? I didn't. I didn't know like, until... However, you just witnessed it happening, right? Gotcha. Yeah. The poor... She was a sweet girl. She got I didn't handcuffed. Know- I just didn't oh, know if you had that moment got... of like, no, no, like no one knew until all of a sudden, the, you know, during a lunch rush, police came in, mm. talked to her, like cuffed her up, took her out. It was, it was That's pretty fucked sad, up. but yeah. she got fired for sure. I, I don't think a <laughs> server should get arrested for that. I do. I look, I'm not opposed to them getting fired. They should card. But that's yeah. crazy. The establishment needs to have more onus in that situation. I'm not actually sure because I did hear later on that, that she didn't actually like go to jail. I think she just got put in cuffs and like taken outside. So I'm not sure exactly what happened to her after that point. Hmm. But she obviously was let go. And like, She got 86. Yeah, she got 86 for not checking IDs, which I mean, you got yeah, it's, part, ideas, it's part of the job. Yeah, um, part and, of the job. you know, it makes me wonder, too. So in places like that would have somebody checking the door, you know, obviously, if you have a wristband or something, that's, you know, that that makes that situation a lot easier. But I wonder, yeah. that I wonder, lunch. I wonder how that would play out if you're supposed to have somebody that's checking IDs at the door, a fake ID comes through and then a bartender still serves that person. So, they get in trouble for that stuff. No, no, no. So, so state law, the rate, the way that it works in almost every jurisdiction in this country is if you at least make the effort to check the ID. And if, for example, it's a fake ID, right? Let's say, let's start there. Let's say it's a fake ID where that person has given you either uh, a false ID, false person or a false age, Right and you pass that, you are not liable because that that just means that you failed to identify that mm-hmm. it's a fake ID. Now, mm-hmm. with sting operations, what they do is they send in underage cadets. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. And they are specifically looking for whether you're going to card or not. Now, mm-hmm. they do not give those underage cadets any sort of fake identification because it would actually yeah. violate – yeah. It would violate certain um, 
uh, 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 police laws. Yeah, of, I mean, well, come on, they're allowed to fucking like buy drugs. Right. Well, you can even, almost like you got to tell me you're a cop, right? Like that's what. Yeah, I was gonna say you could ask right. them and have to tell you the truth. Right. And so what they do is they send an underage. Is that specific to the ABC stuff? Because you don't have to. Cops do not have to tell you they're cops. Like if they're they going, don't, if they're but doing they a, have, if they're but, doing but a prostitution the sting, the thing, if they're under, if they're underage and you ask them for their ID, they do have to like be specific because if they're specific. Uh, so the rule technically in the law, and this is national, right? Is while a cop doesn't need to tell you that they're a cop, they cannot be specifically subversive. That's how it's written, right? Like they cannot intentionally confuse or subvert you. I don't or, know if that's correct because I've, I've watched a lot of sting operations. No, they cannot. They intentionally subvert you and say, no, I'm not a cop. cop no, I'll it's not. No, no. Hold on, hold on. You're misunderstanding. I'm not saying they can't say, no, I'm not a cop. Because you can be undercover. What I'm saying is they can't they can't misinform you. An 18-year-old can't look at you and tell you I'm 21 and then get yeah. away with it as a cop. That's what I'm saying, right? They either need to present you a fake ID that you do or do not mm. like, right? But they cannot present themselves as being like another age. Anyway, right, Ch Chad, I'm sorry. We didn't mean to get I'm off sorry. on a tangent, Continue. but I was just kind of oh, curious there. Because I, I bet that fucking sucked for her, man. That, that must have been it a really bad day. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, anyways, uh, back to Freeze! Story. I'm a cop. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one will be quick. It, it's back to the uh, on the border restaurant that it worked, um, you know, serving once again. Um, and they kept scheduling it on the fucking patio, even during winter when it was fucking raining. So I got no tables on the patio. Uh, so, you know, really quick story, actually. I got fed up, and in the middle of my shift, I just left. <laughs> you quiet, Love that. You did quite, some quiet quitting. <laughs> quiet quitting. You, you yeah. went across the border? <laughs> across the border, I said, fuck this. <laughs> I got shifts at Hard Rock. <laughs> uh, so, one of my most glorious because i never looked i like i didn't care about my last paycheck like i was fed up like they kept doing this like every weekend this and bullshit at this time at this time the king's arena was closer to that restaurant's location so like we got business every night you had that overflow and i would never get that because i was on the fucking patio with granite which was covered so like if it was raining it wasn't the worst thing but no, no one wants to sit out there. You know what I mean? So, in yeah. California, what do you mean? No one wants to sit out there. I'm confused by that. Well, I mean, during the summer, spring, of course, but during the winter, when it was, it gets rainy. Oh, it so during cold. during during king season, it's not great weather. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? What's what's the? Hold on, hold on, hold on, because now I'm <laughs> curious. What's the weather like during that time of year? Well, probably. I got no. I got no sense of like. I got no sense of what Sacramento is like. Well, see, well, it's Steve, it's it, rainy. It never it rains rainy. in California. Cold, cold being like, you know, the worst. Lower Sixty 40s. and sleeting. By the way, can you guys hear yeah. that? That's a train. That's an all drink. We haven't had one of those in a while. Oh, sh cheers! Cheers! No, quit Mine's fake drinking beer. that drink. I, I God damn it, Chad. Beer. Are you uh, a beer? All right. Well, no? well, yeah. All right. Let's 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 finish up the let's finish up this tenth question, and then we'll let you go get yes. a drink before we go. On. All right. Hold on. 
So one of the things I want to understand is because, again, we've talked a lot about how I want to learn more about Sacramento, and I know we're going to do yes. that in the cleanup question, but I want to do this right here in question number 10. I don't understand really enough about Sacramento. Is it close enough to San Fran that you're talking it's it's cooler? I don't think of it as, as truly like the SoCal California 90 degrees and sunny. It's more – tepid is it <laughs> yeah we i mean we 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 have seasons and we get real seasons like uh winter and get real rainy real heavy rain windy uh the temperatures do get cold yeah you know, so people don't want to sit out on that patio so dude it's just yeah. it's just, it's just northeast of of san francisco right and yeah. i'm just i'm just trying to understand why i'm trying to understand why people are not sitting outside because when I think of California, I think of like you're going to sit because outside. They're used to sixty and seventy degree weather, and then when it's like forty yeah, degrees outside, it's not sunny. Yeah, it's not sunny and like perfect weather. It's like even though, like, again, I said it was like a covered patio. Yeah, they got you stuck windy, out there. You ain't making no money. It's annoying. Like no you're one making the money. Had you brought it up to your management at all that like, hey, I'd prefer not to get this every single time uh honestly not really so like my whole hiring process at that spot was kind of a debacle which we don't have to get into right now so i kind of let all that shit slide and like they kept scheduling me all this bullshit sections so like there was just a point where i'm like oh really this again so mm -hmm. i'm leaving yeah. i, I know. know long story short when, when I, I, I just I wish I could have seen the like when the hostess or the manager comes out like where the fuck did he, is he locked in the freezer again? <laughs> when you, Chad, I had Chad. a buddy who worked there and he called me like an hour after the fact I left. He's like, "Where the fuck are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I left like an hour ago." He's like, <laughs> "No one knew that." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the point." <laughs> yeah. so, I love have it. Good shift. <laughs> have fun. Have fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Chad, my God, you have executed the gauntlet. You did it, man. You did Mike, it. Yeah. In, in incredible <laughs> fashion, you know. And um, as only uh, a man who loves the Sacramento Kings and the Beam could do, you, know, you have done you have done it justice. And I'm so happy to have you on. I'm so happy to walk through those uh, beautiful 10 questions with you. Yeah. So, and I, you I, know, I just, I kind of want to just say here really quick, cause we've been doing this podcast for a couple years now and it has been so much fun and we have got to meet so many cool people. And there's so many cities now that Steve and I, if we want to travel there, we, we know somebody that we can go share. I've never been with. to Sacramento, man. And it I've honestly, been like dying to go there. And it honestly has it's been here. It's like city. I don't know. Okay, Steve, anything Michael, about. Michael was having a thought. So ahead, let Michael, Michael finish. Uh, but we, for the first, it, it's happened here and there. But this has been in these la in this last month, we have had a multitude of people reaching out saying, "Hey, I've been wanting to share some stories." And and I'm serious. If you're listening, if you if you know you can handle the gauntlet, or if you have a bartender that you know needs to be on the show, please just DM us, and and we'll, we'll get you on. We'll, we're going to deal it. with some audio problems and stuff. You're going to have to see the behind of the scene, the behind the scenes stuff when Steve and I are bickering with each the other. The behind the behind the behind the scenes. But uh, stuff. that's kind of the whole point this is this is your podcast so uh thank you so much for for joining us and coming on and some great stories and man. i really enjoyed going through the gauntlet with you that was a lot of fun yeah, of course man again thank you guys like I, I i loved your podcast from the pretty much get-go so it was awesome i'm glad yeah. i actually put myself out there and, and asked you 
uh, for some soup, please. Can I have some more soup? <laughs> well, well, it's funny you should say that because now is when you get to say all of your critiques. All right, we have our <laughs> cleanup session. And we're gonna ask. Like, we're gonna ask these questions one at a time because we've been really goddamn right. We, we ask every prompt all at once and then be like, "Go!" And it's like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" That was like, "Okay, where do I start?" I'm gonna be better at it. So this is what we call our cleanup section. So. The first thing I want to know is what other bartenders would you recommend to be on this show? Uh, you know, I really do want to re- uh, reach out to Eric Castro who does the bartender at large. Cause I, love I think he, That's I think so he could awesome. have some, yeah. he could have some fun with this, this kind of style. And I think it'd kind of be like a, a break from the norm for him, you know, cause like I love his stuff and it's usually a little more serious and specific. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I got this buddy, uh, Dylan, that I worked with, who I think would have fun with this too. So, like, I'll, I'll peep him up on this, on this Dylan? game. And Tell us more about this, Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> Dylan's good. It's, uh, you know, uh, he's my uh, let's bitch about work partner. So, we always, ah, like, I already like we, him. <laughs> we usually work together and then we get off and we complain for a little bit and decompress together. So, you know, he, he's a good guy. He's, well, I, he's a little younger listen, than me, but Chad, I love I love Mike, so you already know I love complainers. So. <laughs> Fuck you, right? <laughs> Don't give me so much similar similar relationship. You know, we bitch at each other during work, and then it's all love at the end of the day. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Steve and I were seriously talking about. Um... <laughs> for up. for a bonus no, for a bonus episode, like legitimately going to like a couple's therapist and sitting down for an <laughs> hour and recording it. I just can't do it, dude. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. That would be gold. Um, that would be gold. Yeah. Um Dr. Doctor Fitz in my asshole. Okay. <laughs> What's his so, name again? <laughs> yeah, Justin. No, Dr. Fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I have to we were going to have our friend be the therapist. Justin, and it, yeah. And, and his name was going to be Dr. Fucks My Asshole. Or something. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't uh, remember. But we can't do that because Justin knows me too well, and he'll be biased, and he'll be on your side. And I'll, just, end up, I'll just get attacked for an hour as well. Michael, happen. I actually tend to agree with you. <laughs> Isn't that what therapy is? I d- no, I don't want bias. <laughs> Chad, no. I want an independent observer to realize that Michael's the worst. That's what I want. <laughs> I want. just it's validated finally. See, it's all your fault. He's the problem, right? Yeah, that's a, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's that's why right. Steve always offers. He's like, well, I can start doing some of the editing. I'm like, no, that's the only leverage I got, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you learn how to do the editing, my job is no longer secure. <laughs> oh God! Um, all right, Chad. <laughs> the, the next question is this, right? I need more recommendations on San, uh, Sacramento. I almost said San Francisco. Ooh, Sacramento. Sacramento. We'll fucking Please. put that rock hard Chad, back on and beat your ass. Chad, I don't know about Sacramento. <laughs> hard rock, the, the excuse people, me, not rock hard. <laughs> people don't know about Sacramento. Please, where do we need to go to eat? Where do we need to go to drink in Sacramento? Please help us. Oh, man. Um, I mean, obviously, you got to check out the shady lady, mm-hmm. you know. We know we shady lady. Shout what, out. What what a drink is there a particular drink that you would recommend from the shady lady? Uh, you said yeah. you do you do a lot of pre prohibition cocktails. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So kind of one of my favorite ones to push on people is uh, the Vukare. You guys ever Vukare. had Vukare? Mm, no, I'm not. no, 
Luca, right? It's a really great uh, New Orleans drink. It's, you know, quick rundown. It's rye, rye whiskey, cognac, uh, sweet vermouth, some Benedictine, uh, aromatic bitters, Peychaud bitters. It's, it's, so it's a great drink. A potent southern style Manhattan? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to think about the parts there, like the, the uh, yeah. So the, all the all the liquors are equal parts. So the vermouth, rye, really? cognac are okay. all three quarters. Then you do about a quarter ounce of uh, Benedictine and so definitely two not like definitely not like a Manhattan in parts. And the Benedictine is like that's super intense. That flavor profile, man. That's yeah. That's rich. That it's is a new, that is a so New Orleans good. cocktail. It's so good. Uh, can I, can I, mean, I get a can I get a beignet on the side? <laughs> like that's, I need it stabbed in the top of the drink right there. Well, funny enough, we uh, we serve beignets during brunch. So what? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Give me one each or five of each. Yeah. Whichever um, quantity I can get. We have a pretty we have a pretty solid tiki bar called the Jungle Bird here, which is awesome. They do a lot of traditional tiki drinks. Do they um, do a Jungle Bird? They do a jungle bird, which I Definitely. will say out of we've had some incredible cocktails on the show. And I, I, I took a hiatus from drinking. I'm supposed to still be taking that hiatus. But uh, when JT made that jungle bird, that was actually one of my favorite drinks uh, that we've had on the show. It I was really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was really drink. good. <clears throat> Sorry, that was oh, a little tangent. My apologies. Oh, it's all good. I lost. The oh, train, there's the guys. train again. If you guys can, you I can hear, hear you. All drink. I can't hear it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many good restaurants and bars in, in Sacramento. Like I said, need some good restaurants though. Like, cause, cause I know yeah. we're talking a lot about cocktails. I just look, man, I've, I'm starved to understand Sacramento better. And I say that again, we connected before the show about how much of an insane NBA fan I am. But look, I spent so much time. I, I got to say of the last five years of my life, I'd say, 50 to 60% of the trips out of Baltimore I've taken, I've taken to California and they've either been to San Francisco, Northern California, or all the way down to San Diego. And I I just feel like I'm missing something, right? Like my dad lived in Oakland. My dad lived in Oakland for a while. I love that town. In, In my opinion, Oakland is Baltimore on the West coast, right? It's like, they are the same town in so many regards. So the forgotten town, they're the industrial town. But, like, we've already adjudicated Oakland on the show. We've, we have never given credence to Sacramento. And I want to understand that town because it is the capital of California, right? It's the, the, yep. literally the state capital of California. And I feel like it is this town that is growing, this town that has a scene. And it's not being represented in the way that maybe some of the other towns around it are. So, Please, yeah. Food. I need food in that town if I come. All right. So, a couple of quick fire. There's a place called uh, Binchoyaki. It's all like um, kind of tapa style, grilled meat, grilled vegetables. Again, Sacramento is so close to so many farms that your produce and your vegetables are going to be so fresh. Is that because it's farther east? From the from San Fran, right? Like it's getting it's getting more into the. Well, no, it's, it's, it's Sacramento is literally central. You central out, California, right? Like it's near yeah. the, it's close to the farms. Twenty miles, even all around, 
you're going to find a farm. That's awesome. Produce, vegetables, whatever. And so it just makes it really great. All the food is very fresh. Fresh, fresh. Uh, another place called Bodega, which is a, more like a Caribbean-style food and drinks. Great, great chef and, and bartenders there. Um, there's, so, there's literally so many. Just come out and fucking see me, and I'll show you around <laughs> I town. I come out and see you, but for yeah. those the, those Literally. that are listening, those that are listening that may just visit, I just I I, I that's why I press you on it because like come to I Sacramento, know, people. I know it's this not town the area. I know better. this town has food. I know this town has drink, and I think look as a Baltimorean, right? Like you need to understand, man. I am prideful about a town that's small, that is underestimated, but that has a lot to offer. And I feel like we're sh- we share that. I really yeah. feel like we share that. Totally, it's a it's a special place if you give it a try, and mm-hmm. and a local could really show you something cool, you know. And and I think I think we know the answer though. You just you gotta go to the shady shady lady and, and then, start there. Start, start there, there. right? And then, work and, then start, your way out. and then and then ask Chad some recommendations of where. God damn right. Next. Damn yeah, right. We just Thank you, just on the street that Shady's on. There's so many good bars. There's a place called Block. That does great fried chicken. This place called the Snug that has really fun modern like cocktails. Uh, this place down the street. Wait, wait, is it called the Snug? The Snug. I love so, that. Like, I love in the Snug. In reference to like Irish pubs, the small rooms in Irish pubs would call the the Snug. It's like real intimate mm. small room. Okay. So uh, the owners of that used to own an Irish pub that isn't open anymore, unfortunately. But that's kind of where they got the name from. But it's great cocktails, it. great I love fun. That. Yeah. Now uh, we we kind of we kind of butchered this the the cleanup section a little bit because we usually ask the questions a little bit different. Um, but we I, we also need to. Well, know you asked you. me the question. You well, asked me to fine. ask I'm the not, questions. No you told you. me. You know what? In <laughs> fact, you Christ. told me to ask the questions differently. We usually ask them. Oh my god. Uh, so also, are there any any other projects or anything else that you want to plug? For instance, you gave us uh, your buddy's uh, podcast uh, at the beginning of the episode. Is there anything else going on in Sacramento? Anything that you're working on, or, or someone you know is working on that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, yes, actually. So I started a syrup company about yeah, a year you ago. The, you brought this up it's called earlier. Modified Syrup Co. So they're all tea-based and herb-based syrups uh, intended to go for cocktails, non-alcoholic, with your coffee, with your tea, all sorts of like spectrum. So um, Modified Syrup Co. We're on Instagram. I have a website. I could ship if you want. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you guys you guys ship in the United States. <clears throat> Yes. yes awesome. we do. Very cool. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we are looking for sponsors of the show. So, and, and uh, what do you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, seriously, <laughs> if your listeners uh, order from me and they said they listened to my episode, I will uh, pay for shipping for them. For the hey, there you go. Hell there yeah. you go. There is. We're here to help. So, do you, you guys do, do you, you do all kinds of syrups, Damarols, flavored syrups? What are we talking here? No, so I'm kind of specific. So um, a lot of companies do like your simple and your honey syrups, ginger syrup, whatever. So I just do tea specific. So I have a hibiscus. I got a green tea. Floral. I got a a lavender mint and a rooibos orange. Um, And we're hoping to come out with more, but I mean, it's just me. So 
when I say no, but so much so much application at the alcohol and bartending level, but also at tea, you know, coffee, all all those levels as well. You know, um, uh, um, I think that's really that's awesome, man. Do you do you have any uh, do you have any cocktails or anything that like uh, like recipes that you have built along with some of your syrups by chance? I do. Um, so, and like, I could email this to you guys if you want, but, uh, so I have a Aperol spritz cocktail where it's literally Aperol spritz, but I have the hibiscus tea in there or the syrup. Interesting. So there's that complexity. What's that? There's that more earthy, like, uh, leaf complexity to it. Yeah. So I kind of spread the Aperol and the hibiscus together. So. Interesting. And then uh, the green tea is pretty much a uh, Jen Collins with green tea syrup, lavender mint, um, kind of the same, but I've tried it in a Corpse Survivor. You guys had a Corpse Survivor I've never number had two. A corpse Survivor, no. Uh, it's a wonderful gin drink. Oh, I love so it gin. usually has triple sec, but I'll sub the lavender mint in there. And it just comes out beautifully. It, awesome. It's right, isn't it? Isn't it just? Um, it's a Tom Collins with inf- some type of lavender infused. Uh, lavender man, yeah. Well, muddled mint, but or lavender infused liqueur, right? Oh, the the uh, Corpse Survivor. Yeah, I so so I I had heard about this one. We'd had it at a bar down in DC, and it was essentially. Gin, they had done it with Hendrix, which I thought was weird, just considering the other parts, mm. having the super, you know, just super standard gin. Um, they did it with Hendrix lemon juice, uh, lavender syrup. They did a lavender simple, and wow. they did fresh muddled mint with it, and they called it something simple to that. Yeah, so the course of fiber number two is – equal parts cocktail so it's gin lemon juice triple sec uh usually like a lille or a coke americano ah, like a lille millet yeah yeah and, and a little bit of, of like yeah. a spritz of like absinthe or something yeah almost like with a white negroni sure yeah okay yeah, yeah. all right all right so all right. it again it's it's modified spirits co.com Syrups. Syrup. Sorry, syrup. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've got, got a modified here and I can't even syrup. And if, if you're listening, just scroll down on the episode description and the link is right there and you can click on that. And like Chad yeah. said, just send him a message and tell him you listen to his episode and you get free shipping. So there you go. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Proof, proof that you listen to the episode. Then uh, I say monkey shoulder. I don't know. Yeah, there's a secret <laughs> passcode. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. No let's, mo- let's move to the final question of the evening, guys. This is what we call our tip out. Now, Chad, it has been a ton of fun doing the show with you, but here come the final screws. All right. We asked this question half in jest, half in honesty. Why do you still do this? AKA. Why do you hate yourself? Uh, I've been asking myself that for like the past two years. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, truly, I love being creative as far as cocktails. Um, I love just being hospitable towards guests. Um, And I'll be honest, 
I've been trying to get a, like a brand job for the past six months because physically my body doesn't like bartending anymore, but um, delay, I love it. So I'm trying to move out the beyond this, the bar, but right now I'm still loving it, trying to have fun. I got a couple of young, young guns at my bar that I'm teaching. So that's a little, that's fun, entertaining, you know, mm-hmm. the line of demarcation. Uh, yeah, I just love it. The line of demarcation is: Do they annoy you more than they inspire you? Because, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> because I'll tell you what: when you meet when you meet one of these young bucks that seems like they're hard to mold, and then all of a sudden they start to shape themselves into a halfway decent bartender, the pride that you get from that is astounding. But you're also like, God damn it, I hate you the entire yeah. <laughs> w- uh, way along the path, right? Like you, totally. you, you hate to bring them along, but it's just, man, when you see them blossom, it's a really special thing. So I, I know what you mean when you say that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like teaching people. Well, Mike, bring us some. All right. So our final question of the gauntlet or excuse me, of the show, excuse me. Um, if you opened up and you had your own bar, what would you call it? Or what would the theme of your bar be? Um, so it'd definitely be like a small, intimate bar, maybe 10, 10 stools total, you know, four or five tables. Uh, quick background, my father and grandfather had a muffler shop called Brownies, Brownie Mufflers. Brownie so Mufflers. Probably, brownie Mufflers. Exhaust, car work, all that stuff. So I'd probably call it Brownies. Small, That's a great party small cocktail menu, easy food, you know, somewhere you take people for really intimate, different experience. Can you imagine walking out of another bar and you look at your friend and you're like, you want to get some brownies? <laughs> right? Like that's the <laughs> easiest question you've ever said yes to. You know? <laughs> like, it's so simple. Where um, are you going tonight? I'm going to brownies. Brownies. You don't want, you don't like brownies? No, no. Hold on. Wait, wait. You don't like brownies? <laughs> I don't I understand. Like brownies on the menu. I don't understand. I don't understand. For the stoner side of me. Yeah. <laughs> Late night brownies. Dude, what yeah, are, you what have are the, to. Uh, what are the rules in California about uh, serving like cannabis in establishments like that? Or does it have to be through a dispensary? As far as I know, it has to be through a dispensary. Mm-hmm. I know there's like... But if they provide the product? What do you mean? Like, if the dispensary is a partner and they provide the product, like a distributor for alcohol. You got to bring in, like, your medical card or something to order a cocktail. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Oh, you're just about, like, dispensary and bar Mm -hmm. collaborating. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's people working on that, but I I don't really know. I know it's not allowed right now, but Mm -hmm. dispensaries and – because there's been a couple, like – liqueurs that I've seen that are cannabis infused. Yeah. And so, I mean, have they been selling? Day. Have they been selling? Not really. Dude, I, right. I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea because like you it's mix so novelty based, get, right? Well, you get alcohol in marijuana mix. You can get the spins. I mean, they don't interact yeah. very well together. It's I don't get cross-faded. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't, can, I, can I be honest with you? I don't get the spins, but I actually really enjoy the act of smoking, like holding the torch yeah. in my hand with the joint. Also, I want to drink a beer while I'm smoking the J, right? Like it's, I don't know. 
there's a novelty there that I think is lost uh, that, that the manufacturer is not understanding the end user does not want, but that's my yeah, two cents. Where it's, where it's combined, understood. But there's a difference for me. Like if I'm out drinking all night, I just want like one hit and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Bang. If I smoke beforehand, I'll only have a couple of beers or something and mm-hmm. I'm good. So yeah. like, it's Sorry, so we didn't. I didn't mean to get off on a tangent about no, weed good. in California. Well, well, uh, Mike, but I, no, I, lo- I love the concept for brownies because you know, just from talking to you, I can I can see you being able to to set up. It, it almost reminds you of like uh, if you've ever seen a uh, Euro Dreams of Sushi, um, yeah. where he has a very small sushi setup, but he does that intentionally so that way he can give each guest that comes in a very also, manicured, intentional yeah. experience. Also, the term brownies is just so awesome, right? Like it's just—it's just a great single. I love single word name bars. We don't talk about that enough on the show. Like a lot of our guests tell us the name for a bar that's like seventeen words, and we're like, yeah. we get man, we you love this bar, and we and Mike and I play ball, but like I love just a single word name bar like Browns. Oh, yeah. or brownies. It's be like, easy. Yeah, it's great. So my favorite bar in college was Mutt's. M-U-T-S, mutts, right? Like that was the that was like the place. And brownies really invokes the same sort of uh Zika. So um man, it has been such a fun time having you on the show, Chad. Look, is there anything you want to say to the people before we shut it down? <sighs> Not really. I've had a good time. again, I appreciate you guys letting me have a uh, let me on and all that stuff. And Dickolate's great support Diageo. We're glad you reached out. And if, you, if you're out in uh, Sacramento, go to Shaded Ladies and, and yes. tell Chad that you enjoyed his episode. Not even Actually, uh, somebody should start a GoFundMe to fly Steve and Michael out to Sacramento. Thank there you. you. Like, Thank you. A hundred people do $10? Come on. Put your dickle. Put your dickle where your dollar is. Put your dickle where your dollar is. Okay. Exactly. And 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 either fly Mike and I or your goddamn self after out to Sacramento and enjoy this beautiful town because this is a town that needs to be loved and respected, just like every other town we profile on the show. It <laughs> it is not getting enough love. The shady lady. I cannot wait to be there. The shady goddamn lady. Barflies, it's been a ton of fun. I hope you had a good time too. And as always, fuck off. Hey everyone, thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we release new episodes whenever Michael gets his fucking ass around to editing them. Or when um, Steve's not a con. <laughs> a big shout out uh, to our friends at Trauma Parlor who song Fastball and you're listening to right now. Please go check them out. They actually have a new album that they're getting ready to finish up, so we'll definitely be profiling them. Yeah, they're going to be dropping a new that. dude. Uh, I've got to listen to some of the new songs, and I truly love their music. They are you fucking sweet great, I actually played um, Fast One at DOS the other day, and like seven different people were like, what's that song? Fuck I that, was like, dude. that's Fast One by fucking Trauma dude, you, you should you see them play, them man, because they are such great musicians. Oh, they are man. so much fun to watch. I've always heard the stories about them at TJ Leland's, and I've been mm-hmm. just dying to see them. So. Anyway, if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and any of the other wonderful not wonderful social media platforms at BRP drink along. You can listen along anywhere you get your podcast just by searching the bartender rant podcast. Super simple. 
please subscribe, rate, and review because this is the best way you can help us grow the show and reach new listeners. The more ratings and reviews, the faster Mike and I and this beautiful community climb up the charts. And plus, it's really important because Mike and I really need the personal validation. It is totally true. We definitely don't give it to each other. We need it from somewhere. So <laughs> that's where you come up. And don't forget, if you're a Spotify user, be sure to check out our BRP playlist on Spotify profile. The link's in the description of the episode. We just have we just like music. We just like sharing cool music with you guys. But most importantly, we've got the BRP Industry Night, where every single guest we has, have on the show get to choose three songs. So if you love Chad's episode like we did, Hop on there and see which three, which uh, songs he picked. No doubt, and it's so cool because it's these, it's this curated playlist just from your guests. And you some love. of them have great taste in music, and some of them don't. But I kind of like let the you, ones I'll that let don't. you. I'll I let you. I kind of like the ones. That don't. <laughs> um, do you want some kick-ass show merch, Mike? I would love some. Of course, did, you did. Did you order? You're... Did you order our stickers, Steve? <laughs> Um, I actually put them all over my face and my uh, butt. No, we'll, we'll talk about this in therapy. Don't worry. I love show <laughs> merch, and I know all of our listeners do as well. Look, check out all of our amazing swag. The link is in the episode description. It's courtesy of Campo Design Co. They do a great job. She's an incredible designer. Please check out the link description, and it's also posted on our Instagram. And that's a great way to help support the show, rep the brand, and you know, give Steve and I a couple extra bucks to just keep doing what we got to do. Plus, honestly, if you send us like a message with you wearing a shirt, we'll probably we'll put do it something on. Like, we'll yeah. put it on. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it on. Nice yeah. All right. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, join us for the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. Have some drinks, meet some fellow barflies, and listen to our guest bartender playlist. You can also get to tell Mike and I how bad we are at podcasting and Honestly, you know, the truth is you also get to meet some people who are behind the scenes. People like Chandler, people like Carl, people like some of our other wonderful guests. A lot of the people that join the Industry Night Happy Hour are some of our luminaries on this show. So if you're really interested in the show, you've had fun listening to it, please look out at the beginning of every month, first Monday of every month for those Industry Night Happy Hours. We're going to post them on our story on Instagram. Super easy. Click the link, hop on and enjoy. We have a ton of fun doing that. So make sure you follow us on social media for all those links. Now, listen, for all of you shit talkers out there, it's your turn on the mic. We've set up a bartender hotline called the Suggestion Box where you can air your grievances, tell your stories, or just rant about the bullshit that you just put up with in the last shift. Look, just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T and drop a line. Mike and I will play the best of the bunch and react to your crazy stories on this new episode that we call, or new segment we call, or hold on, this new bonus segment <laughs> called The Suggestion the, Box. The Suggestion <laughs> Box. Thank you. I just had a uh, And actually, by the time this is episode broke. is released, Sorry. we probably will have the first episode up. I think it's going to be so Very much excited. fun. We haven't Very listened excited. to any of the voicemails well, yet. So I've listened to a few. I can fucking stop that, Steve. Okay. God, that so, pisses me off. Fuck. So the next time the bar business has you saying fuck me, just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon, where you'll get access to all of our bonus content. Like Steve and I try to upload stuff. We're getting ready to do right now a shift drink with Chad, so we're just going to do a few bonus questions. 
Um, but it's one of those things where you can literally subscribe and check out the bonus content, and then you can unsubscribe. And you know, you don't have to you know do it every month. But again, all that money truly goes right back into the podcast to help us get better equipment, pay for our subscriptions, and eventually, hopefully, travel and do this short show more on the road in person with these wonderful bartenders. Goddamn right. And if you want to be a big tipper, aka one of our bozels, feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of the, uh, if we will list you as one of the executive producers for that episode, and we will list you, you and your drink of choice during halftime. So if you've already listened to the show, you heard halftime, you heard all of our wonderful guests, whether it was Mike Sr., Chandler, Leah, Brandon. Leo, Javier, Regina, it doesn't matter who it was. They are the best people, and you're not one of them, okay? So yeah, do your fuck you and your whole prostitute family. <laughs> fuck you and your whole prostitute family. Do yourself a favor. Give us some money and be an executive producer. But, but yeah, if, you're, if, you, if you subscribe to the Patreon or if you send us a buck on PayPal, you'll get a, your name on the episode. It's really not hard. Just show all like, the other people how much better you are than them. Yeah, you are better than them. You are. I believe in you, Bob. Um, look, Mike and I do this because we love the service industry and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Coffin. <laughs> God damn it. You want a lozenge? Yeah, I, I still we, don't make it, that face. We've don't make that we've face. We've got we've got the boilermakers, which are bonus episodes, Fuck. which are just one good bar story. Um but Steve this is not a bar story, but Steve has this great story because him and his girlfriend have a very like playful relationship where they'll like really? act like they're getting on to each other when they're not yeah but there was a there was an <laughs> instance where like uh neighbors were calling police for like domestic Whoa! abuse and shit. Fuck, neighbors, that's an exaggeration <laughs> neighbors were calling the police what oh wait no i remember now it was it was an it was a pocket dial voicemail right and Thank that's what you. it was Thank <laughs> you. jesus christ it's mike just story. said that neighbors of ours were calling the police for domestic abuse yeah. that is not the story it's a little different but you should tell that story sometime because it's pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, well, I will tell that story. I thought we told that on a Boilermaker. Anyway, look, so. come on. Oh, I just did right. a neck. Can you, like, All get right. her out of there? Because that's really annoying. Quit dude. coughing, dude. <laughs>
All right. I think she's good. All right. Ready? Three, 